0: This is Levi Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Stu Young. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model.
1: E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCal Val. And we are... The, the Ugly Ducklings! And you are listening to... The only wrestling podcast that calls it... Right down the middle, the whole... and
0: Show. And now... The wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin'
1: Show. Hey guys, welcome back to The Whole Reffin' Show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It's episode 102, and my name is Darren Beasley. And that would make me Perry Smith if you're Darren Beasley. That it does. By virtue of my being Darren Beasley, it makes you Perry Smith. However you want to deconstruct that, uh, it's a lot of unpacking. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess you, if you say it, it, it must be true. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> dear listeners, uh, welcome back to the whole reference show. Um, we are very, very excited to have you listening today, just like we've been excited 101
0: times prior. That, that That's a little arrogant, saying welcome back to the show. You're assuming that everyone has listened to another episode... And and that that's a fair assumption. It is I'm, fair. It's a fair assumption, but I'm going to say, let, let's go ahead and, and welcome any new listeners. I was
1: about to do that. Okay. I was welcoming back our hashtag dear listeners. I just didn't want to sound
0: pompous to the new listeners. Oh, who are you? Are, the you, Ellen, old, the, the, are the, you Ellen Pompeo? The, the, the old listeners know we're pompous. The new, they've got to figure that out on their own. they got to figure it out on 7 you, episodes. You know, in.
1: but I was told, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so that's how I live my life. You know, I, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. So basically my whole life is bragging and then fighting furiously to back up whatever uh, check
0: I, I wrote and put out there. Fair um, enough. Well, that, that, that whole statement reminds me of RVD, the, the guy who, uh, who who is, uh, as Joey Styles would say, is as good as he says he is.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, have we ever given proper credit... To Rob Van Dam for this show? Have we ever dismissed Rob Van Dam? No, this show? no, no. I'm no, 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 no. Hear me out. We have never, and would never, because we could never. We would we would never mention you and I, Rob Van Dam, and not make the most of celebrating his career. I simply mean, have we ever given? Proper credit to the fact that he's the whole effin' show.
0: Oh, now I see what you're saying. And
1: we're the whole effin' show. Oh. Because without him, now, you, you can or cannot get into the nuts and bolts of that transformation.
0: Right, right, right. No, no, you're right about that. Because we, um, the whole and show, we, we either you or maybe even I, came up with that name Years and years ago, I'm pretty sure it was you. It was. It was. I mean, it was me portraying a, a character on camera, uh, but I, I didn't know if I said it right. I, it was or, obviously or if your or if character you threw it at me. Yeah, yeah. But this is back in like 2001. Um, oh yeah, this is a, yeah, long, this is a long time, time ago. ago. Because um, I believe, and and I know this because I had to, to start the Facebook for us. There is there is a referee called I think it calls himself like the whole ref and show or something like sure. Um, so he existed, but we had this joke, and this name, years and years oh, and yeah. years ago. I never want that guy to think, like, oh, what do we have here? <laughs> um, there is also the whole effin' podcast. There's a whole effin' podcast. Right. Which... You know, I all due respect to them, I've never listened to that before. And they're doing their thing and they're they're doing well and they got hits and all that stuff. But Sure, go for it. But uh the the whole ref and show, we decided on that name a long time ago. Um and it was kind of a joke, like I said. How about a whole ref and show? And you're like, Really? And I was like, Yeah, why not? So well, we went ahead the and the thing
1: it. was you t- you're talking about when we were actually when you conceiving were conceiving the
0: podcast. Right. And and
1: you I, I feel like we're like doing like a memory lane like we did for episode one hundred No, well no, because uh, yeah, maybe but I'm actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually inquiring. This isn't. This is. I'm not
0: setting you up. This is, this is. like. This is like you made. You made. We made cookies for uh, episode 100, right? And this is like the the dough that we didn't cook that's in the <laughs> bowl, and we're licking it out of the bowl. Ooh, it's usually better anyway. Hey, after we're done, can we go make some cookies and just eat the eat the dough from the bowl? That's
1: actually a good idea. Okay, we're doing that. It's. I wonder if Publix is going to still be
0: open after we finish recording. You know they now sell. Well, if, if they don't have any deals with uh, Saudi Arabia going on, they're probably going to be hit business. Um, and that's a reference to later on folks. Subscribe. Yeah, that was, okay, you're
1: going know, to tee that one up. We may be a few minutes before we get to it, but uh, <laughs> good job, good job. No, I wanted to mention that they now, everybody knows that cookie dough is better than cookies. So they sell it now It's not good
0: for you but For yeah. the
1: express purpose of eating the dough They've taken the eggs out no, of no, it No, 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 they don't they, they, No, not, no, no, they do You're not supposed to do it, but people do it No, but they do now mm. You can go and it doesn't It's not, <laughs> Right, it's not me It's not my <laughs> wishful thinking <laughs> Darren, Are you sure
0: it's not just no, cookie dough It's
1: not my magic says, Please do not eat, not safe And you go, mmm I, I no longer see the word not. <laughs> soft, Please do eat soft candy bar, a very soft. candy Darren's bar Darren's a
0: big oaf, by the way, folks.
1: I am. Uh, I'm a big. I'm a big oof. He's a big oof. <laughs> Actually, that's what I feel like after I eat cookie dough. I feel like a big oof. I feel like a. I feel like a big mmm. Seriously, <laughs> not in the little plastic Pillsbury tubes, but like in little cups you know how you get like a muffin in a cup or like a cake in a cup no they yes you do oh no no we're talk about this have now? you been to a grocery store i've heard of them sure <laughs> Uh, apparently, you've—that's the best you've done, because you just mentioned Publix having a deal with Saudi Arabia. Which why would they? No, no.
0: You mentioned Publix. I mentioned them having a deal with Saudi Arabia. Right, because you don't know what a grocery store I don't know is. A, I don't know what this Publix is.
1: I'm not talking about the general public. I'm right. talking about a grocery store okay. that is called Publix. Okay. It has an X at the end. You
0: know, to make it cooler. It is kind of cool. It is. I mean, and this is Publix is pretty old too. So I mean, they were cool even then. It's not like Albertsons, which so like Albertsons
1: is so, so bland. It is so late eighteen hundreds apple cart
0: bougie uh, sh- crap. Well, wow, that, that, that's really mean. Uh, shout out to Albertsons when I was a kid. I would constantly steal comic book cards and basketball cards Are you, from Albertsons. Uh, well, let's hope that there is a, a statute <laughs> of limitation. This like 7 years or something like that. They can't touch me. No not, jury would convict not me. Not for
1: basketball cards, there's oh, not. Oh no, man. Is geez. that what you
0: said? Did you say basketball cards? I said cards? comic book cards oh. and basketball cards. Oh, there you go. Correct.
1: Well, that's uh, it's quite a lethal combination. Uh, you could have Gideon the New Mutants enemy. Oh and you, my god. And, I, and you might also have uh, Mugsy Bogues.
0: Yeah, Muggsy Bogues. Actually, I probably drew both those uh, both those guys, yeah.
1: See, what do you mean, oh my god, when I was exactly right? Well, you see...
0: <laughs> you I don't know how you, no, 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 you, you, you assume I'm going to be an idiot. You pro, No, no, you, you're very knowledgeable. Uh, Alright, you're very knowledgeable. You're the best. Um, I know. You mentioned the most random possible comic book character, which I, I really appreciate. Uh, and Muggsy Bogues. Shout out to Muggsy Bogues. We all know Muggsy Bogues, folks. He, he's the guy who's like five foot three. Yeah. I was his height in the fifth grade. <laughs> um, and I told everyone I knew that, and they were like, it was Muggsy Bogues. Um, and you're like, Charlotte Hornets? What? 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 He had that fadeaway jumper. Anywho, um, so yes, our Muggsy Bogues,
1: however, I'm sorry, always number two in my heart. Spud M- Webb always oh, Spud my Web. number one
0: little guy. i were about to say Mookie Blaylock.
1: Well, you know, I, I love Pearl Jam as much as the next guy, but uh, <laughs> right, right, right. No, Spud Webb. Spud Webb will always be the number one little man.
0: Spud Webb was was he Falcons or was he he was Rockins? Hawks? Hawks. I, I, did I say Falcons? I'm an idiot. Well, yeah, it's the I, other I Atlanta meant, team? I meant I meant Atlanta uh, Hawks.
1: They have so. to all be birds in Atlanta. Except
0: for <laughs> the uh, the Braves, right, right, right. Uh, so that's great. It's a good. It's a good introduction to the episode. About right, what are we talking about? Cookie
1: we're talking dough. About, we're talking about cookie, cookie dough. dough.
0: Okay, yes. Cookie Actually, dough. Actually, we're talking about Rob Van Dam, but now we're talking about cookie cookie dough. dough I'm uh, in
1: quickly in closing. You can buy it now. It comes in a little cup that looks like um, you know, like those uh those uh like. Port wine cheese balls? Yes. You can buy in a cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not actually, the yes. ball, but like a cup of it? Right. Oh, those you are know those s- balls? Not the balls. Right, <laughs> not the what, balls. But, but when they smush
0: it into a cup. Okay, yeah. Like a half pint cup. But it, do you have to add the eggs separately?
1: No, it. You talk, Not for cheese.
0: No, 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 no. For the, for oh, the cookie dough. Oh, no, Christ. The, Jesus Christ. What's literally what's the point I'm having, I'm having a brain ant. <laughs> literally.
1: No, you don't add the eggs because you're never supposed to bake it. That's the point. Oh, this oh, is an alternative oh, okay. to buying the real stuff and eating it instead of baking it. You buy this only to eat it. You can't bake it because it
0: won't work. Okay, now okay, now everything makes sense. Now okay. you buy it because so you it's, want it's, that it's,
1: overly sweet, overly grainy
0: taste oh, oh, in your oh. mouth. Yeah. No. Okay. So it's not so much that uh, this exists and you can eat it. But you can also bake it if you want to. This exists for you to eat minus the baking. Now, you now get it. we're talking. Well, it's not my fault that I I, I completed what you do with cookie dough. So. No, that that's fair. Okay. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. He he <laughs>
1: is the whole effing show. Whole effing show. And a long, long time ago, we uh, 2001. I think it was a good it was a good time to probably 2000 2001. Yeah, it's about right. Almost two decades ago. One of us came up with that nickname to apply to one of your characters uh, who was a referee. Right. And the, there you go. The whole refin show. So, And that's
0: brilliant. Right,
1: right, right. And when it came time to name this podcast, and we have reflected on the creation
0: of this podcast many times. And how brilliant we are. <laughs> and how we are two brilliant minds.
1: Uh, that's one thing I definitely remember th- not spending a lot of time thinking about but would have. It's not and like, that is the name.
0: It's not like we had a list because it was. And normally like, we would have. It was you especially. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Ooh, that's fair. Like, like I mean, we we kind of we we really mulled over every aspect except for the name. I, I think it was like the working title, and then it was like, no, that's fine, we'll leave it. Right. I, I'm pretty
1: sure that's and exactly then, what. Right, it was And then
0: Ben Blanton drew that wonderful picture of us as our logo, and it was kind of like, well, that's it. I mean, that's what it is. And
1: 102 episodes later, here yes. we are. Dear listeners, let me tell you about today's episode. Well,
0: I just want to say really quickly to wrap the whole Rob
1: Van Dam uh, okay, thing up.
0: yes. If not for Rob Van Dam, this podcast would not exist. Or it would be called something else. <laughs>
1: like- <laughs> likely it would just be called something it else. It would likely
0: just be called something
1: else. But uh, still, full credit to Rob Van Dam for being at least partial inspiration For this being what it is. Absolutely. Alright, episode 102, dear listeners. Today we've got to tell you about NXT UK finally, finally being available for you to view on your tablets, your phones, your smart televisions, and any other device that you can play the WWE Network on. We're going to talk about a recent signee to the Performance Center in WWE. We're going to talk about an unfortunate (laughs) injury... Ooh, that's not a fortunate one. Unfortunate injury that's going to see a superstar from the WWE out for at least a month, if not two months. Also, what's happening at the commentary table for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, because I never know what's going on with that 12 to 15 man Japanese commentary team. <laughs> that always has a very, very upset looking Masahiro
0: Chono at it. There's probably a huge story there. But we just, it's lost in translation but, uh, for uh,
1: us. It's literally lost in translation. Or, or Murray and Scarlett
0: Johansson for us. <laughs> it's lost... In a
1: lack of translation, there you go. I also like how usually Jushin Thunder Liger ends up sitting there at some point in full mask, and, full but just mask and, right, right, and like right. a t-shirt. It's good enough. and blue jeans, it's, and uh, you don't
0: want to overdo it. <laughs> it's just commentary. It's just Jushin Thunder Liger. It's just Jushin Thunder Liger.
1: I don't know what that story is. Uh, I wish I spoke Japanese. I'd like to understand why there are so many commentators there. I'm talking, of course, about the English commentary team, so we're going to take a look at that. And then the biggest story of the week is Crown Jewel. This uh, brand new uh, network special, this event, this uh, weird second time WWE
0: is supposed to head to Saudi Arabia... In just a few months, uh it I, sounds I just picture of Vince McMahon shaking a Saudi Prince's hand and both of them going <laughs> with cigars in their mouths. Uh, that, that literally, that literally I, probably happened. I think yeah. that that you're
1: using some ESP right. to to see something that did literally happen. Probably.
0: And probably has happened many times before,
1: and is likely to happen again.
0: will just happened in Australia, which we'll be talking about that as well. We'll be talking about uh, Super Showdown, which went down in Australia. I almost said Atlanta. It did not happen. It did not happen. I flashed back to to Hollywood Hogan versus Goldberg, the (laughs) Nitro, apparently. Um, So yeah, we'll be talking all about that. Darren and I watched that show, finally. (laughs) But uh, hey, we're going to talk about it.
1: Yeah, we're going to break that show down match by match. We did not do a head-to-head. Head-to-head. Nevertheless, we will be visiting this
0: super showdown. Match by match to uh, give you a little bit of our thoughts about it. This will be a straight-up review. Uh, We took a week off. And this one's a little late because, well, there was a hurricane that just rolled through here. So, pardon, pardon our stardusts. Pardon our gold <laughs> dust, folks. Um, so we're all recovering from that. Which you know uh, here, in Michael, Valdosta, the hurricane here in Valdosta. We were we were fairly lucky. A lot of people lost their power. A lot of people lost a lot more than that. You know, further north and further west, but
1: and further southwest. I definitely would like to give a big shout out. And we're thinking about you, Mexico Beach, Panama, um, Panama City. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. And a hurricane is no joke. Uh, absolutely is no joke and we've dealt with them all our lives we really have yeah, we really we, have you yeah.
0: grow up here uh, it's never not scary by the way it's when, not. when you look at a radar and see this giant massive green and red and orange thing uh, which is bigger than the whole state you live in uh, and it, apparently it's heading toward you and you see its trajectory right it's never like well that will be fine I mean I can name a ton of hurricanes that have have made you know lives hell. ...for a lot of people and taking everything they've owned, taking lives. Uh, yeah, well, I... It's never pre- easy. No,
1: no. I, I actually, in 1992, I lived in Tampa Bay, Florida, which is uh, was the exit wound for Hurricane Andrew, which hit uh, South Florida very, very, very uh, devastatingly, wiping Homestead, Florida pretty much off the map. Right. And uh, we, we had to evacuate Tampa... And so, yeah, it's been growing up in South Georgia, Tampa Bay, and West Palm Beach. It really has been hurricane after hurricane after hurricane most of my life. You know, have you uh you know, I lived in Los Angeles very, very briefly. You, however, have spent most of your adult life in Los Angeles, a third of my life, sure uh what's the what's the Pacific hurricane
0: situation <laughs> <laughs> like, it's nothing, right? Oh, Darren, uh, you, you silly boy. No, there, there are no hurricanes I've ever heard of off of the coast of uh, I mean, the Pacific. Y- well, certainly not the U.S. We got those earthquakes, those mudslides, Darren. Uh, we, we, we don't... And
1: the damn forest fires. Forest every time, fires. I mean, like, CNN would go out of business if the Hollywood Hills didn't catch on fire every five minutes. Or right, right, light. right.
0: When I went back to L.A. like uh, over a year ago, or about a year ago, I... Uh, was moving and the, the the Burbank Hills were on fire they were just on fire like nighttime totally orange yeah. and lit could up somebody and, uh, I'm please, moving in two miles away
1: from this please you know put those out yeah can somebody please irrigate like Burbank and Universal City oh, that'd and be great. That'd I mean great. Yeah, we yeah. need some uh, we need we 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 too we, we, we need some water right uh, so that we can eliminate the
0: brush fires. Please, L.A. County. That would be great. So, uh, that's always horrible, but, you know, luckily firefighters, thank God for them. And again, uh, all best wishes with anyone affected by Hurricane Michael. It's no fun talking about natural disasters, Darren, unless you're talking about former WWF Tag Team Champions, the natural disasters. (laughs) Shout out to Earthquake, RIP, and uh, Tugboat. Uh, <laughs> typhoon. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of wrestling to talk about. We're going to talk about the show that went down, the showdown, I should say, the super in, showdown, the super showdown in Australia. But you know what, Darren? First, we got to talk about those
1: headlines. So finally, you can watch NXT UK. It's been rumored for almost two years to be a television show, and now it is one. And now you can watch it. Starting this week, on Wednesday, the 17th of October, airing at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when... Well, well, I mean, it it, it really doesn't matter. That means noon on the West Coast. Well, you know what it means. It means that it's 8 p.m. Greenwich time. And, of course, I'm not talking about where Triple H is from. (laughs) I'm talking about Greenwich Mean Time over in the U.K., 8 p.m. local time is when it will hit the network for your perusal if you live in uh, the United Kingdom. But it will be much earlier, of course, in the United States. Nevertheless, I rarely watch uh, anything on the network other than the network specials when they are, like, I rarely watch the, anything live. Right, right. When I watch my NXT, is usually, like, Thursday morning at 4am while I'm drinking my first pot of coffee before getting ready to go to
0: school. So you're just training yourself to watch. Wrestle Kingdom is what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's, it's, it, you have to practice all year. you got to practice all
1: year. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll never be ready for Wrestle Kingdom. And half the roster is from New Japan. So. well that, that, That's as a as good s- thing. It, it helps with the preparation. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited about this. I'm excited to see... Some of the talent that we've wondered why were they not signed to Zach WWE Gibson already?
0: And uh, I'm kidding. He was boring. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm kidding.
1: Take that, Zach Gibson. I'm kidding. No, no. I,
0: I enjoyed the the second annual UK tournament. The first one though just was was like man, all these phenomenal wrestlers. The first one was super. UK. Felt really special. And this one was kind of like it's another UK tournament. Well, and I
1: feel like uh, to kind of head this off at the pass. I feel like criticism of this show will be that it's just more NXT and the people that don't like NXT are not going to like this any better. But I think people like you and I who love NXT and anybody who really likes wrestling, especially with that international
0: flavor, are going to love this show. I just want to watch a show where the audience is completely obnoxious the whole time and just uh, shouting. Oh well, then you're gonna want this is oh, oh, wait, 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 It's wait, a wait. British crowd. It's great. Um, no, hooligans. The, no, the, the hooligans. No, the hooligans. That's fine. Um, I mean, if you like wrestling, it's just more wrestling to watch. Exactly. So that's fine. I, it's
1: fine for me. I'm very excited about it. You I seem I'm
0: upset about this, too. No, I
1: mean I'm upset that there will be people that are upset. <laughs> I'm excited. I think this show is going to be great. Right. Well, we'll see. Uh, headed to NXT regular
0: type, yeah. or at least headed to the Performance Center, is Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. I mentioned this when we talked about uh, All In. I said there's no way WWE didn't watch that show and make some phone calls as soon as it ended. And <laughs> Chelsea Green, as far as the ladies, and that uh, it was a Fatal Four Way, I believe, that she was in. Uh, she, to me, she really stuck out, and you know, she is uh, with Zack Ryder. So I'm sure, and and I take nothing away from Chelsea Green. I thought she was she's a, she's a superb performer, really really great wrestler. But I do think their WWE kind of sees like a, oh another wrestling couple. So we'll bring her over now to... No, that's very possible. I think that helped her. But no, her ability alone, I mean, that puts her in NXT and WWE, absolutely.
1: Well, yeah. and she, she has the credibility. She has the Impact Wrestling background. She now has that all-in feather in her cap. Right. Uh, she, is, she is friends with a lot of the women that are in the industry, both in WWE and outside of it. She lives in Orlando. I don't know that that makes her an Orlando native, but it does make her a local at the hot spot, the epicenter of what pro wrestling is today. So I think that being in Orlando is also a huge, huge boon uh, for, for this happening for her. So I'm excited to see it. I, I think that they need to play uh, a wacky, crazy character again, uh, other than just Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross has a very special recipe She has a special recipe of crazy, but I, and I've mentioned it on this show before, I fell in love with crazy Alicia Fox way back at WrestleMania 30 time, and we saw a hint of that about a year ago. Uh, I need another character like that. I need someone who's just kooky, like Mickie James was when she first showed up in WWE and chased Trish
0: Stratus for, for the title. I need that. I need a crazy woman. I understand that. I, I, unfortunately, I think WWE is more like, we just need pretty girls. We don't need you to be, we don't need you to ugly yourself up. We don't need you to Charlize Theron, okay? We don't need you to, to try to get that Oscar and ugly yourself up. You need to just be pretty. Well, you uh, know. It's their mindset, Darren, not not mine. I, you know, you. I, I like the crazy. I do enjoy Chelsea Green's uh, crazy side as well. Well, I love it. And, and
1: there's nothing wrong with a pretty girl. I love a pretty girl. I love uh, someone who is talented, first and foremost, happens to be attractive. But I also love characters. As we're going to talk about later, The Undertaker and Kane... Just the fact that they're on my TV, whether they're too old, whether they should be doing office work in Tennessee, or whether they should be sitting at the house. (laughs) Whether
0: they should be mayor of
1: the land. (laughs) All that is beside the point when they've got that much character on my TV screen. No, I understand. And Chelsea Green can get out there and she can do a Fujiwara armbar until the cows come home. But if she's got a little bit of pizzazz, like... Front load me with pizzazz Then let her go out there And put on a clinic Even better
0: She's got the wrestling talent So people will like her But I do think she needs that something To set herself apart from the rest For people to love her
1: That's all I'm saying
0: okay. That's all I'm saying Is let's love Chelsea Green
1: Okay. Somebody I do love Somebody who is front loaded with pizzazz Somebody who came in hot NXT now, several years ago Came in hot As the NXT champion Invading Monday Night Raw And who has sort of Cooled off a little bit uh, Lately, of course I'm talking about Kevin Owens Kevin Owens, one of my favorite wrestlers Of the last decade He's out for
0: four To eight months Which is good for Kevin Owens Uh, I think he was kind of overworked anyway and and poor Kevin Owens, they didn't know what to do with him for a very long time. They put him with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn got injured, so he's gone. So now he was kind of floating around. They put him with Elias because they're both you know big heels that can get heat pretty pretty easily, and it'd be a nice little YouTube clip for the uh, the internet. Um, but so- now he's he's got his own injury. He's got a knee injury
1: that's ta- we're talking four to eight months. I mean, we're talking WrestleMania season
0: to perhaps after WrestleMania? And that's horrible, of course, but at the same time, Kevin Owens can still talk, and that's kind of the best part of it. I wouldn't even say that, because Kevin Owens is a phenomenal uh, wrestler. Yeah, I don't want... I, but, but, I hear you. But, if you're going to say that, I just don't want you to say it. The thing is, Kevin Owens can still exist in a non-wrestling capacity, and I think, I think Kevin Owens' character will actually not suffer from not wrestling for a while. Unless they just snatch him off television. They would not snatch him off television. Really? If if, if they were just going to snatch him off television, Vince McMahon's been on Kevin Owens for years to try to lose weight, he would have done it just to do it. So, okay, so he was hurt before this whole Bobby Lashley
1: angle, but now they've made him be, quote-unquote, injured by Bobby Lashley. Right. So, do you think that was not a production to get him off of TV? But, in fact, maybe a production to have him come out and be a non-wrestling thorn in Lashley's side. Could be. I mean, my biggest fear is just Owens turning into only a mouthpiece. Because Vince is like, ah, you see, I like it a lot better when he doesn't wrestle. He gets
0: paid either way, Darren.
1: I I know you as
0: the fan wants to see him wrestle, but I'm saying, like, it's a paycheck for him either way, one. Um, But also... Owens is worth a lot more on your TV screen than not on your TV screen. True. So instead of just sending him home for four to eight months, you know? Oh, let's go. I should need four to eight months. No, they're going to say, like, okay, well, we'll put you on now and again to say whatever. To to bash the audience or whatever. I mean, they they can still have him on TV, so we'll see what happens. But... Whatever happens, we hope Kevin Owens gets well soon and gets back in that ring and in uh, an angle with better uh, wrestlers. I tell you what, he would might. He, uh, <laughs> that's true. What he might be really good at is commentary. You could put him on commentary.
1: There you go. You know who might? You know who might want to put him on commentary? Who? New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, Segway. Uh what? Well, that'd be pretty cool. Apparently, Don Callis is out. As the English commentator for New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Callis not being at um, most recent pay-per-view special and apparently not booked for the next few. Word out of New Japan Pro Wrestling is that Kevin Kelly will stay in the play-by-play seat, but there will be a revolving door... Sitting next to Kelly in the color position. An actual revolving door will be sitting (laughs) next to Kevin. I mean, a revolving door makes an interesting sound. I don't know (laughs) if it is the sound of pro wrestling color commentary, um, but does sound nice.
0: Commentary at the uh, at the front entrance of a of a large hotel. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) apparently Lanny Poffo. Wow The genius The genius uh, May be the first person I think he's the kind of guy You want to just have On microphone at all times You think You don't <laughs> you
1: think, think I that? I don't think Oh so, I do no.
0: think that And I love his voice Because his voice is God, God amazing knows, God knows I love Lenny Potho's voice But I, I, I do wonder What happened to Don Callis And why he's on the outs I mean I, it, It's it's not hard to imagine Him saying the wrong thing His name is Don Callis Not Don Tactful Oh, oh, oh yeah. Hashtag never forget Don.
1: But yeah, uh, but what do we know? What do we know? In the words of Don Callis. In the words of
0: Don Callis. You
1: and I were just a couple of marks. A couple
0: of marks.
1: <laughs> I think, in all fairness to Don Callis, um, because I think we we have decided we can be fair to Don Callis.
0: Um, I'm sorry. No, I made. I might might heel turn that decision. Maybe. Not that I know what that means. I've never actually took a a suplex in a a ring before. Wait a minute, Perry. Let me see your bump card. (laughs) Wait, I don't have it on me.
1: Of course you don't, don't because you probably
0: don't even have one. No, I do. My mom signed my (laughs) permissions for my bump card. (laughs) Uh,
1: Taz. Taz may have taken your bump card and torn it up and thrown it into little bits.
0: Taz Limbaugh? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Ha ha!
1: Taz Limbaugh Hey man. That's a great one. I know. So, in all <laughs> fairness to Don Callis, however,
0: I feel like it's probably just his commitments to impact wrestling. And and all due respect to Don Callis, even though he has zero respect for us, um he he is very good at commentary. I I do appreciate Don Callis' wrestling mind. Oh, uh, I just wish he wouldn't be a dick <laughs> sometimes i've I've wished that for a long time,
1: and yeah, then especially when he turned his uh turned his ire on us
0: uh, well more so his his little buddy but yeah
1: uh oh, well you know he i guess you know at least Lazenby... uh it was what it was. With Callis, though, he was so dismissive. Right, right. Uh, we're not going to talk about that anymore. One uh, <laughs> just a couple of marks. Well, why didn't you just uh, why didn't you just stretch him? You know, oh. where we come from, we stretch him.
0: Yes, yes. Why don't you just train him and break his leg? That's what we did back in the Vergania well, days. Why don't, uh,
1: Paul, why don't you just break the law and be a, a complete criminal douchebag? That's <laughs> literally what that's he literally said. what he said. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. Don Callis out at New Japan Pro Wrestling that's uh, that's not good. I just we will not have to hear the word Winnipeg so many times while watching Japanese wrestling and that's a plus. but uh, I'm interested to see who gets in this seat. There's also a rumor that Jim Ross will move away from access TV Mark Cuban's network where he does commentary for the access broadcast of New Japan Pro Wrestling along with Josh Barnett and that Ross will actually go and do the commentary with Kevin Kelly. In Japan, which will preclude the necessity of even having to do, uh, I guess, VO work for Access TV. Access will just air the original English broadcast
0: uh, featuring Kelly and Ross. We'll see. Um, Kelly and Ross does not sound like a very entertaining uh, commentary team. No, it sounds
1: like the worst episode of Sunday Night Heat. <coughs> Uh, over and over and over and again.
0: I, I like and I like Kevin Kelly and and Jim Ross. He talks. Um, let's let's be honest. Jim Ross is, is not what he was. He's not no, as he, sharp as he was. and He's not trying as hard as he could be. And that's just being real with you, Jim Ross. Um, I mean, just you know, you could you could learn people's names a little better is all I am asking, and yeah, that's all. Um, so, no, I, I wouldn't want to give Jim Ross more of a workload when it comes to commentary because it's not going to go well.
1: Especially if it means flying him to Japan. Oh, yeah. It's one thing to get him to drive or take a very short flight from Oklahoma to some <laughs> television studio in Texas. From Oklahoma the to Okinawa. Uh, Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Now you're going to fly him uh, internationally? I don't think so. But uh but maybe fingers crossed for the genius on
0: commentary. Genius on commentary or our buddy Rich Bokini. Yeah uh, hit him up with a text message.
1: Yeah, New Japan. Give Rich Bokini a call.
0: Yeah, so if that happens, folks, just know that I was the catalyst. <laughs> if a friend of mine takes Don Callis' seat, hell fucking yeah.
1: Okay, well, when we're talking about international wrestling, we cannot. Well, the the rest of the show is going to be talking about international wrestling, but it's going to be talking about international wrestling done by a company that is essentially American. And this next story is going to inexorably link the American wrestling company, the WWE, with America and American interests worldwide. That's now. Right. We know what Vince McMahon's interests are worldwide. Money, money money, <laughs> money, 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 Exactly. Well, Crown Jewel, the upcoming WWE Network special, which is supposed to air on a Friday at the beginning of November, right after WWE Evolution, <laughs> uh, this show is in jeopardy. Now, in all seriousness, this is a show... Of great levity, and uh, but this 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 story is not one. Um, the story begins when a, Sa- a Saudi Arabian man, a journalist named Jamal Khashoggi, who uh, fled Saudi Arabia after being very critical of the Saudi king and the crown prince, he's been missing now uh, for several days. He apparently. Uh, was in Turkey, in Istanbul, visiting the Saudi consulate in order to gain uh, documents which would allow him to get a marriage license to wed his fiance. Um, well, Khashoggi had been a legal resident of the United States ever since fleeing Saudi Arabia. While in America, while in Turkey, I presume, he continued uh, in his journalistic endeavors to write articles heavily criticizing Saudi Arabian action, particularly the actions of the government, the Saudi government. Well, once Khashoggi went into the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, he never exited. Now, what happened is up for debate. Uh, Apparently, he was gone for several hours, at which point his fiancée, who was waiting for him outside... I'm surprised it took that long for her. But again, I can't be there. I can't know their minds. Mm, But several hours reportedly passed and then she reports him missing. That's where everything begins to become very conflicted. There were reports that a 15-member team had been sent from Saudi Arabia to invade the consulate in Istanbul, send all of the Turkish staff home, so that only Saudi Arabians under orders from the Saudi king and prince would be in the building. And reports are that they tortured, murdered, and dismembered the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Now, he disappeared. That much is, is known. Right. What was his fate? That is not known. Reportedly, there is videotape of it happening. The videotape apparently has been smuggled out of the country, though, and Turkey claims as a nation, right. the at least on the record, they do not have it.
0: They well, do not I mean, have a copy the, of the, it, the consulate, and they do not have access to a, it. A consulate, an embassy, that's as good as that country's soil. I, I, I understand so, that. So, yeah, So it's going to be hard for Turkey to really get any kind of control of the situation. Well, sure, not to mention that Turkey is reluctant to blame Saudi
1: Arabia even if they wanted to. Right. Turkey is not going to throw Saudi Arabia under the bus anyway. Right. The, the financial ties are far too strong. The sensitive nature of uh, the religious balance in the region... Is always a reality. They don't want to upset, uh, you know, these f- very fragile uh, governmental, religious, economic ties, which seem rife with compromise. Hard to believe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Turkey is not going to to point all the blame at Saudi Arabia, and the problem is neither is the United States as a diplomatic. Entity. Where is that a problem? Emotional outcry. Where is that a problem? An uh, outcry for justice. Right. There's an international outcry of this is a state, the state of Saudi Arabia, the nation, uh, sanctioning cold-blooded murder of a person they consider a dissident. And uh, that's not cool. That's not cool. I mean, that that's very, very very uncool, and that is a, a, a very dark, damning smear on your international
0: reputation, Saudi Arabia. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to harp more on the consequences of this going on, but I do want to point out very quickly, the ultimate tragedy here is the loss of life, and especially the way it was reported, and hopefully hopefully, it is that is just totally not what happened.
1: But oh, oh, sure. Loss of life is is is. That's why, yeah, absolutely the, the, the
0: hugest part of this.
1: Thank you for, the, but, but thank that, you for pointing how it that relates
0: action. to wrestling, though. Sure,
1: absolutely. Well, okay.
0: Immediately, U.S.
1: senators like Chris Murphy from Connecticut, Rand Paul from Kentucky, uh, they they say this should be it. This here's their moment. Here's where we break ties as the United States with Saudi Arabia, right? We do not need to be their friend. We should not be their friend. Here is all we need. The problem is, as has always been the problem, I tell my students, I tell my students, the story of history is the story of resources, Period. You can dress it up however you like. You can blame things on religion. You can blame things on geography. You can blame things on language and skin color. It all comes down to resources. It doesn't matter who your God is, what you look like, how you eat, what you wear. If you got the money, honey, somebody else has got the time, right? (laughs) The story of history is the story of resources, This is about resources. This is not, unfortunately, this is not about illegal action taken by uh, a a nation's government. This is not uh, the silencing of freedom of speech on an international level. This is not simply a matter of cold-blooded murder. It is all of those things. This is also about business. The United States is in a very delicate situation, you can dump it all on Donald Trump if you like. It's easy to dump on Donald Trump. He brings much of it upon himself. But to say this is Donald Trump's problem is to say that the war in Iraq was Barack Obama's problem. This, it's so much bigger than that. Well, Donald well, look, Trump just it, it, happens to be in the White House right now. Well, it is all their
0: problems. Well, they didn't inherit these problems. Though.
1: Uh, sure. It's their problems because it's their problem now. Exactly. But they didn't create it. Uh, Trump is going to be hesitant to break ties. Qu- he quoted, Donald Trump quoted as saying, $110 billion of military equipment sales are on the line here. $110 billion of military equipment that Saudi Arabia is going to buy from us. That's money.
0: That's jobs. That's money for schools and repairing roads and health care. Oh, no, it's not. But still. Not to mention that they are our closest ally
1: in the Middle East. Do you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater? You, you have to think about international relations, and thousands, tens of thousands of people die in the name of poor international relations every day. Is this one man's death, and one death is, too, is one too many. But is this one man's death going to be enough? Well, it is, apparently. It's going to be quite enough for companies like Virgin, Viacom, Uber, the World Bank, CNN. Whoever heard the- of these little rinky dink companies? <laughs> Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> <laughs> Schweppes. Little Caesar's Pizza. <laughs> no, <laughs> Schweppes. I, I think I, I could really go for a Schweppes right I'm, now. I know you can. Especially a raspberry ginger ale. That would be delicious. Um we may have to take a break here, folks. We're
0: gonna take a Schweps break. Schwepp's break. This
1: episode brought to you by Schwepps. <laughs>
0: this episode brought to you by Schweppes, whether they wanted to or not.
1: All of these companies had billions of dollars invested in uh in relationships that were, I guess, established economically in perpetuity. Saudi Arabia was involved with Virgin's space aspirations, and yet Richard Branson is backing out definitively and and all-encompassingly. Nevertheless, why are we talking about this on the Only Wrestling Podcast that calls it right down the middle? One, because we want to give you the full story because we're the Only Wrestling Podcast. We want to give you the setup. That calls it right down the middle. Absolutely. And... Why are we concerned? Because there's another billionaire besides Richard Branson who is involved in this, and it's Vince McMahon. Right. That's right. November 2nd, WWE was headed to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, for their network special, Crown Jewel. Are they going to now? Here is where it's even more problematic. You're talking about the fact WWE is only doing this for money. And why do they do anything? They do it for money. Yes, of course, it's a business. But this is like, they don't even really like doing this. They have to change e- the, how they operate everything. All the women, got to stay at home. You got Jews on the roster, tread carefully. What are, you know, what are you presenting? How are you presenting at WWE? Also, are you willing to make that compromise? for your employees and say sorry you have to stay at home this this check is more important
0: to us right. than our employees. Absolutely. Now I mean the situation they're in they put themselves in obviously they could know this whole thing would happen of course. But are they going to a country that you know excludes women from from many things and treats them like second class citizens? Yes. Are they all about women being equal to the men in the in the business that they're in? Yes, I mean. Yes, be- see,
1: see, five days earlier, evolution, five days before evolution Crown Jewel evolution
0: is the no, but see, we we love you, you're great, but we can make a lot of money if we go to a place that shuns you. But to me, the cherry on top of this whole situation, Linda McMahon, exactly, Linda McMahon, Vince's wife, is in President Trump's cabinet.
1: She is. She is the uh, the secretary. Of the small business administration.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Um, what a clusterfuck! Uh, and yeah, uh, she is a part. She's literally a part of the administration.
0: She, you don't think you, you jerks who don't like wrestling, don't think it's interesting? Well, listen to this story. <laughs> How interesting did this just get? Linda McMahon
1: and Vince McMahon are very close personal friends with Donald J. Trump.
0: Uh, uh, is the president Don, love Donald him Trump, or uh, hate him? WWE Hall of Famer Donald that's, Trump. That's true. That's true. Stone Cold Steve Austin has stunned the president. Uh, he has.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and Vince and Linda.
1: <laughs> now, if we can only send Stone Cold Steve Austin oh. to stun the King of oh. Saudi Arabia. That hasn't
0: happened yet. Are you sure? And go back um, and watch some old. Well, draws. it probably
1: would happen at Crown Jewel. I doubt they'd ever. But they need that to app. just. Can I? Can I just say they need to cancel the show?
0: Yeah. They, they, yeah. They needed to not go back. Maybe not go the first time. They need. I just want to know how just, many. Especially, is especially, you, especially sit, now. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll say this real quick. Okay. Especially now. That other countries have gone, well, all I have to do is pay you guys a boatload of money and you'll come do your... You, you'll come to my backyard and put on your show for my kid's birthday party, which is what I said this basically was that the first is. time in Saudi Arabia. Now that Australia has done it and they'll see that other countries will also do it, you don't have to go to the one that, you know, doesn't include women. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, can, you I, can go to I, all I, the other countries. There's other countries. I that's.
1: know what you mean. but Thank you. you. You know what the reality is? Uh, the reality the, is, is the king of Saudi Arabia probably asked Vince McMahon if he could see the check that Australia wrote, and he said, now imagine, Vince, Aww. if there were three to nine more zeros at the end of that check. Jeez. Just 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 imagine. He went, 39 zeros? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 three to nine. Three, ten, and, uh, and that's probably the reality. They're going back in such a short period of time. This show did not exist. Blueprints of this show did not exist. Uh, uh, The zygotal thoughts of this show did not exist. Zygotal. And yet, here it is, and it has everything to do with the almighty dollar. Now, I know that the pressure is so immense right now that Vince and Friends are no longer concerned about that dollar. They love that dollar. But that's that's not the problem now. They're not it's no longer about that dollar. That all better judgment is against them going simply for the dollar. But what do you do? What do you say as the WWE to Saudi Arabia? If you don't go to the
0: show, you might not ever go back. Right. Well, 90% sure that Vince is going to have to back down. Of course, Otherwise, like it'll look like his main country, United States here, will all kind of shun him for God knows how long. It
1: will be ugly. He will have massive boycott uh, if, if he decides to go ahead with his show.
0: Absolutely. From I, the I, right I,
1: and the left. Because absolutely. you're going to have your hardcore and, and, and then, right-wing patriots who think that he's abandoning American uh, ideals and American patriotism, and you're also going to have hardcore left-wing Patriots who feel that if he goes to Saudi Arabia, he's embracing these anti-women, yeah, anti-gay, yeah. anti-Semitic aspects of the Saudi Arabian regime.
0: I was going to say, this is one political topic where both sides are actually in agreement and both think this is a fucked up situation. The The, the murder, of course, and again, that's the worst part of all of this. But uh, if Vince McMahon takes his dog and pony show over there for a few bucks, then that is fucked. Up. Especially a guy who's already a billionaire who doesn't even need the money, right? But also, like, I I just picture Vince McMahon just like hugging this this briefcase full of money and and like kind of like wanting like the last minutes alone with it before he gives it back, right? And then decides to get back into the get back into the circus train and then ride back, you know, over here. So I mean, obviously, you know, you know what it
1: makes me think of. You know what makes me think of you? You remember uh, Disney's Robin Hood? You know, <laughs> yes. Prince John is played by the, the like skinny, weakly uh, lion. Sure, and he has the snake in the basket and everything. I, I feel Sir like, yeah. Uh, I feel you know. I was like uh, uh, all, all the coin sacks of coins and that sort of thing. I feel like that's what it is. Vince McMahon is Prince John riding in that carriage. With 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 sacks of coins, I can totally that see that he's yeah. desperately clinging to. Uh, who does that make, Sir? His, uh, Kevin Dunn,
0: better <laughs> <laughs> Pat Patterson, sure, <laughs> or Stephanie. So yes, I, I do see this this cartoon caricature of Vince McMahon <laughs> clutching a briefcase tightly and just kind of like give it back, Vince, give it back. We can't do it. I don't wanna. I can totally see that happening. So, but Vince needs to do the right thing. Never go back to Saudi Arabia ever again because let's face it, it's just shit ain't right over there. Um, especially if you're if you're doing all this all, all this charity work, you know all this stuff, all this elevating women and, and everything, and then you go do something that totally excludes women and 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 Jews and all kinds of shit. Well, the problem like is what that are you doing
1: if <laughs> WWE were going over there and saying sure we will perform in your country. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do our show. That would actually be groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. That would be transformative. That would be eye-opening, but they're not. They they're, they're going over there and doing it under the uh the Saudis' conditions. That's what makes it extra extra bad. Cuz it's their show. Well, exactly. It's and true. that's the thing is this could be completely da- I mean Right now, it doesn't matter. This is about the murder of a journalist. Mm-hmm. That's what's being... that. That's the issue here. But, but that's the, why they shouldn't go. But overall, right, they should not be sacrificing what they do as a company simply to make some money. They already have plenty of money. They haven't. This is just for more money. Well... Regardless of what happens with Crown Jewel, whether they go through with it, God, I hope they don't, whether they postpone it, whether they relocate it, or whether it gets 86 entirely, we shall see. But remember that check we talked about earlier? There was a check already written, and that was from the, uh, the country continent known as Australia. Oi, oi, oi! The WWE Super Showdown! came to you and me and all of us on the WWE Network on Saturday, the 6th of October, 2018, live from Melbourne, Australia, from a a rather large stadium. Yeah. Uh, What was the the 70, 71,000 in attendance? Uh, Yeah, somewhere between 70 and 71,000 in attendance. That is right up there with your larger WrestleMania attendance crowds. So, uh, big deal. And the stadium, you had a tidbit about the stadium. That you uh, alerted me to. Oh yeah,
0: the Michael Cole mentioned something about the uh, stadium was so large. If you walk the if you walk the top rafters outer rim, it's a mile. That see, that's crazy. And I, of course, we envisioned one man who was hammering <laughs> very unhappily because one man built the entire stadium. <laughs> <laughs> that took a
1: little while to do, probably. Uh, took a lot of paint. Well, let's talk about this show. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of show that we well we talked about it. When we had Greatest Royal Rumble from Saudi Arabia. This is that weird show that it it, it does exist uh, in the regular storylines, but it also doesn't. Um, This one much more than Greatest Royal Rumble. It's like Capital Combat. Yeah. It's weird because there are enough different things. Nevertheless, because we have the immediate access uh, by virtue of the WWE Network, we see it. So we see... Triple H and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and Kane out there acting like it's 1998, right. and it's definitely not I'm 1998. Not like it's 1998. and it's not even 2008. This is uh, you're, you're wondering how all, in one match you see Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy, and then all of a sudden you see The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That doesn't make any sense.
0: It does. It, it is a lot to wrap your mind around for sure. It
1: is, but it, it does make for a good card. It's somehow more watchable to me, than your regular WWE pay-per-views are anymore. Because those are bad stories that
0: are not it's, resulting in very good matches. It's more of a variety show, and we've, we've said the word a thousand times, but I'll say it again, it is a total exhibition. Exhibition is the key word. Um, and, uh, well, stop teasing it, man. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the uh, Super Showdown.
1: All right, this is going to open up immediately with SmackDown Live, Tag team titles on the line. Your champions, The New Day, are defending against Cesaro and Sheamus. Oh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Sheamus and Cesaro. You know, they don't just set the bar, Perry. huh? They are the bar. Ah. That's right. The New Day versus The Bar. And on this night, The New Day will be represented by Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Right. I think they, uh, they, uh, they made a flash reference by saying that the, this combination was the Speed Force team. Um,
0: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about Gideon. Sure, sure. Marvel, baby. Marvel for life. DC for...
1: Well, especially when you got a... Th- I mean, I hate to do this to Xavier Woods because he seems like an OG, but like I feel like if he's talking about the Speed Force, he's totally talking about the Flash on CW. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. talking about... Some oldie Goldie 70s Flash comic right. books.
0: I, I wonder how into, uh, I, I, I hate the term, but I'll say nerd culture, just to get to the point quicker, um, like Big E and like Kofi Kingston are. Where like Xavier's like, oh, we got to wear these things like these Final Fantasy characters. All right, who
1: am Big E, whatever you guys want to do. Is that Bobcat Goldthwait? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that when Bobcat Goldthwait was in New Day? Big
0: E is played by Bobcat Goldthwait, yes. That, I thought I... You know what? I thought it was him. It was him. That entire time. It's been time. him the entire time. Big E's been injured for months, but Bobcat has has jumped in and uh, and, and done his. You know, arm. it's
1: not that big a leap from Shakes the Clown to Big E. <laughs> it is I can see, I can see how it would happen. It is a little big. So uh, this match we've seen a thousand times before. Hold on, hold on. Shakes the Clown though. Uh, Julie Brown, not downtown. Julie Brown. But just regular type
0: Julie Brown? And and by the way, what was MTV thinking having two VJs named Julie Brown on the roster? Why why would you do that? Out of the four, two of them are named Julie Brown! (laughs) (laughs) Two of them! Oh, and now, oh oh, wait a minute, at that time... We already have a Julie Brown, but should we go... Oh, she's nice. Come on, other Julie Brown. (laughs) Oh my God. It's not like having two Julies. They had two Uh Julie Browns. Which one was first? Oh, ooh, that was... Uh, probably Downtown was second, because they had to... She had to add to her well, name. Well, that's very
1: racist, then, that they called her Downtown Julie Brown. She <laughs> <Just laughs> Downtown. What do you want? I, exactly. They call her uh, Wrong Side of the Tracks well, Julie Brown. They should have called the first one to Uptown Julie Brown. <laughs> well, they didn't know. They didn't know they were going to have another one. <laughs> By the way, is this the time when... So, who are the other... You said there were four VJs. I'm sure there were more than four.
0: But at no, this no, time no, no.
1: back then there were like four VJs. Okay, so there's Julie Brown, there's Downtown Julie Brown, there's Adam Curry. Oh shit. A so, uh, very American blonde son of dark-haired Englishman Tim Curry. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And uh which was I was like, how is Adam Curry Tim Curry's son? But but if it's old school like Eric Norris is
0: there, Eric Norris? Eric Norris. From the real world? No, that's not anything. You're thinking of something else completely. I'm thinking of the other Eric from The Grind. No, Eric Norris, who was around for a very long time.
1: Kurt Loder. Oh, but no, Kurt Loder wasn't a VJ. But, Kurt but, but Loder. He was, he was
0: MTV News. I'm saying he's, he's OG MTV, though.
1: Oh, you know who is OG MTV who? that is so far away from MTV now? is Chris Connell.
0: Remember Chris Connell? Yes. Kind of like Dave Holmes, who is very far removed, but he actually lost the be a vj contest. He was the runner-up to Jesse. To Jesse Camp. To what Jesse a- Camp. Oh, no. Here's the deal.
1: Chris Connell, <laughs> this though. This is way better than the Cesaro-shaped it is. new
0: same match. <laughs>
1: it is. Dear listeners, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, folks. Chris Connell. Oh, by the way, the, the new day retains. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Chris <laughs> Chris Connell. Uh was like okay, so if Kurt Loder and Tabitha Soren are like Oh Tabitha Soren and Kennedy if they're your like if they're like your faces, like uh, they're your they're your anchors of MTV News, Chris Connell was like on special report. Chris Corn Chris not Chris Cornell. Not Chris Cornell. But Chris Connell. Right, right. Um R. I. P. Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, um, and audio slave. Audio slave? Audio slave. Um uh, it was that weird super group time. It was, it, the is re- it an audio the stream? Is Revolver, it the Revolver?
0: Revolver was Scott
1: Whalen. R.I.P. Scott Whalen oh, as well. Oh, man. Yes. You guys, teenage suicide, don't do it. That's right. Um Chris Connell was one of my very favorite parts of MTV News back in the day. Other than, uh, of course, I was in love with Tabitha Sauron. But uh, Chris She's Connell. so bland. It, so bland. She I'm was kidding. gorgeous. Kidding?
0: I'm kidding. i kidding. Calm down. Calm down.
1: You got all these Julie Browns to choose from. I They're don't any... need uh, I don't need any any Julie Brown when I've got Tabitha. D-
0: right? Downtown Julie Brown said Wubba Wubba. That was her that was her. <laughs> wubba 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 <laughs> wubba wubba wubba. I think she reminded me of a, a server at my local Wobble house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, with, uh, you are mighty welcome for you um, for that one. Um <laughs> Two so... people will get that joke. <laughs> Chris Connell though He now works for ESPN
0: oh my God. And
1: he looks now He looks like Chris Connell's dad now Because he, He's big and fat and he has silver hair And He's he's like Every bit of an awesome Like in depth Story behind the story Like investigative journalist Reporter on the scene right. That he was an MTV But just like turned up to 11, mm-hmm. and like, if you watch, he, he does all the, like, uh, the E60, and like, he does a lot of the narration for 30 for 30s, and all the Sunday morning ESPN stuff, when there's no, before NFL comes on on Sunday mornings, it's hours of Chris Connell making you cry. Right, but
0: I'd say, you might not know his face, you probably know his voice.
1: And listening to him tell these stories, he's just great. But
0: anyway. But anyway, the new day goes over on the bar. Moving yeah, well, on,
1: The New Day goes over on the bar. and um, Is Cesaro ever going to stop wearing the Kinesio tape? Probably not. It's, that's part of his giving. I, well, I, in fairness, at least the New Day, uh, they did fight like champions. This is the best match I've seen out of the New Day in a very long time.
0: It, it's a solid match. It's just I, I have no interest in it because I've seen it a
1: thousand times. I understand. Next up, the SmackDown Live Women's Championship is on the line. Becky Lynch, your champion was taking on Charlotte Flair. Best friends, better enemies, uh, ladies, come on now. Becky is really working this heel gimmick, and the Australian crowd, much like the American crowd, is on Becky's side.
0: Yeah, the, the, the they're still in that pickle, WWE is, where they're trying to make Becky the super heel, but the, the problem is Becky's right about all the things she said about Charlotte and Charlotte Hogg at the spotlight, and... So, the, and the audience is aware of it. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, you can create whatever narrative you want for this, right? But there already exists an actual narrative that wrestling fans that they're paying half attention have noticed and picked up on. Really? Which is why it's not working. The only way this works is if Charlotte goes full heel on Becky. And Becky can either be an anti-hero or she can be a face. But, the thing is, no matter what you do... Becky is not going to be booed over Charlotte because Becky is right in this situation.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, what is it called? And, and I feel bad because I am normally Johnny on the spot with the wrestling terminology, especially that, like, uh, inside baseball shit. But, like, what do they call it when you kind of half-ass a performance and uh, the audience can tell? And it's because you know you're going out there to lose is a boo-boo face. Oh, I don't or know. Or something like that. That's what I don't know. There's, there's there's some term, I think it might be... <laughs> it's called phoning it in, yeah. uh, but sure. But I think it might be boo-boo face or something like that. And Are you uh, sure boo-boo face isn't that new rap sensation? Uh, it probably is that too. Uh, <laughs> I got that new boo-boo face. But I feel like Charlotte has got all kind of boo-boo face in okay. this match. Like, um, I kept calling it the stanky leg which was her very, very poor, like, uh, I'm dizzy, or, like, I'm weak in the knees. Like a Mortal Kombat character has been dazed. Exactly. It looked so phony. Um, And you know she's not doing it to show up Becky, because they are, of course, real-life best friends. So she's not doing it, I don't think, she's not doing it like Shawn Michaels trying to show up Hulk Hogan. Oh, fuck's sake. But she might be doing it to just sort of be like, I don't, like the storyline or i don't like the audience booing me even though i'm the baby face but i just didn't like it, it, it seems, well, it's not charlotte's fault but i think it is charlotte well no, not no, the no, booing No, 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 no not no, the booing
0: wwe exactly the, the 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 way the story's going it was it, it was uh you you can't expect the audience to just all of a sudden get behind charlotte it's just not going to happen because they're tired of seeing Charlotte in the spotlight. Not saying she's not talented or whatever, but you know, there are other people there that can have the spotlight for a little while. But the match itself is good. The match is better than the match you get at Hell in the Cell. Uh, we talked about the Hell in a Cell match on the show, of course, and it was uh, there were some really sloppy spots which you would not expect from Becky and Charlotte, who've worked together for years at this point. Um, so that, this, it, this match it, only had one sloppy spot. It's, it's, it's a very tight match, and there is one part where Charlotte almost dies. I'm sure that's what you are talking about. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, uh, she.
0: I guess she's supposed to be dragged out of the ring by Becky. Right. She's being she's being dragged out of the ring by Becky through between the the first and second rope.
1: Yeah, which was awkward enough to begin
0: with, and because because Becky's in the outside, by the way. Yeah. And so she, I, Charlotte is kneeling by the ropes in, on the inside of the ring. So with that,
1: with that position in your mind, dear listeners, you can imagine that Becky wasn't going to probably tug real hard. She's probably going to leave it mostly to Charlotte, but I don't think Charlotte puts enough like uh, doesn't put enough ass behind the like the, the jumping out of the ring. And so for a second there, it appears like she's about to just plummet directly on the top of her skull right onto the ground on the outside. And at the last second,
0: I think Becky does sort of tug on her arm. It's it's hard to to see because the camera kind of of pans in a certain way where it's hard to tell exactly what's going on because I don't think they expected Becky to all of a sudden violently drag um, Charlotte out of the ring. But yeah, there's probably half a foot between Charlotte's head, the top of Charlotte's head, and the floor. But either she... She continues to the rotation, or Becky pull keeps keeps pulling on the arm hard enough to make her do the rotation. Yeah, but it's it. Yeah, if she if it were she, a she second, averts disaster by a millisecond. If it were a second later, Charlotte would have just landed right on top of her head, and that would not have been good. So
1: now, overall, this is a good match. Uh, Charlotte wins by disqualification, and I don't know that that's a great ending. Um oh it's a horrible ending.
0: <laughs> it's a horrible ending and not what that Australian crowd paid for 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 certain but it, it I is say, what it is.
1: This Australian crowd gets a lot of what they paid for but they also get some weird there's some weird stuff that happens and this is not the last time. They get a lot of uh garbage as well unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Next up we get that moment where all the lights are out and we hear uh, ladies and gentlemen Elias uh-huh. And then you hear the brang. I have to say, I from show to show I waver on how I actually feel about Elias, but I do like that. That is a trademark. That's something I'll remember for years and years. Uh, I It's unique. It makes him a little bit different. It's not just one more overly polished entrance. It's just. Here he is. Well,
0: the good thing about it is it's not like someone's angle that you're forced to kind of stomach and sit through. You know, he's got he's to do his thing. He's actually good at his thing. Right. There you go. Uh, through repetition. And I, I, I mentioned to you when we were watching this, like, I never thought that I would ever see this guy who, you know, we saw at a gymnasium, you know, <laughs> in, uh, in uh, the MLK Gymnasium in Gainesville, Florida, in front of like 150 people, all booing him, by the way. And, and not, uh, like, this was like Xbox. No, like, like, like legit, like, we hate you. Why are you on the payroll? Where's Oni Lorkin? Um, I, I believe he lost a loser leaves town match to uh, Cassius Ono, so we had to wrestle under a mask the last time we saw him. And he called himself Bob Dylan, uh, even though it was clearly Elias, obviously. But uh, he lost to Oni Lorkin not once, but three times in one night. And was booed out of the uh, auditorium. Um, And now he is performing in front of 70,000 people on WWE television. And he is holding them in the palm of his hand. And they like him and he's over. And that just just goes to show you, folks, uh, stick to your guns. And sometimes uh wonderful things can happen. And and that's something we also noticed throughout this entire show is half of these people we've seen in that very same auditorium. Literally half we've seen them at the Jacksonville Armory. You know, we've seen them on the in the tent outside the Marriott and O'Cala, Florida. Like that's for like ten dollars. Now look at them from yeah. seventy thousand people.
1: Right. Down under. That's crazy. Twenty four hours on an airplane away. Yeah. So yeah, folks
0: that- folks, if you feel like things aren't going real well
1: Keep it up! In two years' time, you so could go it. from what Elias was doing to what he's doing now. That's what we tell That's ourselves. Two years, two years. That's what is what we is tell nothing. ourselves with this podcast. Well,
0: hey one day Dollar Shave Club will want advertising on our show.
1: Yeah, dollar second Shave. reference
0: to Dollar Shave Club today.
1: Well, they may, may. What does that mean? Are they actually secretly sponsoring us already? No they've got their hands full uh, with
0: every other podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you if you don't have a if you're paying full price for Dollar Shave Club, which I guess would be a dollar. <laughs> if it isn't, then they got some splitting to do, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're still paying a whole dollar for Dollar Shave Club, the joke's on you because there's so many promo codes out there because they literally sponsor <laughs> Every single podcast in the world except this one.
0: At this point you could go to dollarshaveclub.com and in the in the promo code, literally just type in anything and it, it'll it'll pop up. It will. It'll pop up. Twenty percent off. Eighty percent off. Eighty percent eighty percent off a dollar. Eighty percent off a dollar. Would you like to
1: pay twenty cents to yeah, shave? Would
0: you like to join twenty cent shave club. I I would That sounds like the razors would cut your face up if i shaved but Uh, i don't we all know this anyone who's seen darren in person knows he is the wolf man elias
1: is not alone though they uh there's a moment there where after he is announced there's another long pause and we hear and kevin owens right
0: and again like i said kevin owens can exist
1: in a non-wrestling capacity he could he could but he, he will wrestle on this night uh this is a weird matchup this is this to me, I like it because this is what you have when you have exhibition shows. This is the kind of match you would have at a SummerSlam '89 or like at a you know uh, Royal Rumble '94. Right, and it's Elias and Kevin Owens taking on Bobby Lashley and a returning John Cena. Was that John Cena?
0: It's hard to tell. He's he's thinned out a little bit, and he's got a he's got a full head of hair. He looked like John Cena's father. He did it's <laughs> sort of like Chris Connect. Exactly, father. yeah, because you said that and I was like, Oh, that reminds me that John Cena looked like his own father.
1: Yeah, and uh yeah, with that full head of hair, it was JBL's hair, by the way. Now, that's
0: the thing too. He looked kind of like JBL. He looked
1: like JBL dressed up as John Cena for Halloween. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to John Cena, man. Jeez. Well, it's been done. I think John Cena did it to himself. Uh Michael Cole mentioned that he's been in China. For the last three months, Uh, not Michael Cole has been, that John Cena has been (laughs) in China for the last three months training with Jackie Chan. Right, of course. And making many movies. Now, I don't know how long it takes uh, the Chinese to make a movie, but three months might be just enough time to make one, maybe two, but not many movies.
0: These are YouTube shorts uh, that he's making. Oh, well. I don't know
1: uh YouTube shorts featuring denim shorts uh on around the waist of John Cena, and that he said he has he has only spoken Mandarin for the last three months, and um that's probably not true. There's probably a lot of Chinese that speak English. I know Jackie Chan speaks English uh so again you know to tell the tell the whole story, Michael Cole, not just what sounds good at that at that second right um it's he, weird he's, see... he's
0: the first competitor who's spent three months in China oh, God. to compete in WWE ring in Australia tonight. Tonight, <laughs> that's uh, an important factoid that they wrote down somewhere.
1: The the that's a cool. This is a cool matchup in theory in the exhibition way that I just got through mentioning that I liked. The part I don't like is that there is nothing happening between Cena and Lashley. Nothing. No. It's... There is no chemistry whatsoever Cena barely even acknowledges
0: Lashley before during or after the match especially after the match when John kind of like I know him John Cena kind of promos for a bit, and Lashley just kind of sits there and watches him. And it's almost like mention Lashley, like get Lashley involved. What are you doing? He doesn't even give him a nod. He gives him nothing, nothing. nothing. And, and the whole match to me doesn't work because you have these, you have the heels Elias, who's lost a little bit of size. I I'd hate just, I hate to point out. Uh, you have you have Owens and Elias just pounding away on Bobby Lashley, who is a monster compared to either one of them. Um, and just beating him up, and of course Cena's waiting for the hot tag the entire time, and it it just looks weird that the heels are beating up on on this this giant man. Uh, but of course Cena gets tagged in, and, and and I think immediately wins too. If I were if I were the Australian crowd, I'd be like, eh, doesn't work for me because um, I probably wanted to watch an actual wrestling match instead of uh, just basically Owens and Elias beating up on Lashley, and then Cena comes in, cleans house, and wins, and that's it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens, but they made the big deal about the sixth move of Doom. I'm not totally sure about that, but I think it is a reference to John Cena's most recent uh, late-night appearance on Jimmy Fallon, um, where there was some sort of joke about the the sixth move of Doom. I think. I didn't actually watch the clip, but I know that it's something to do with that. Well,
1: I mean, they're obviously trying to be cute with the whole idea of the five moves of Doom. Right. And how that's always been... The the criticism of whoever's on top in the WWE is once you're up there you only, you have your five moves of Doom you do them you go to the back you have the championship you're the you're the top guy. Right. Uh, I don't like that as the the selling point of the sixth move of Doom, especially when it literally looked like a video game move. He looked like he was charging <laughs> up something. He like, a them. Yes. It was not good. It looked like he was like, look at my watch. Right. And and that was all it took. Cena wins. He pins Elias. And so Cena and Lashley go over. So what looked like a good match is just sort of whatever. Right. Exhibition. It's just not great. Next up, the Iconics. And I think it's cool they were even on this show. Obviously, we know why. But it was very cool that they get the spotlight here. The Iconics, of course, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Uh, both from Australia, Australian natives, uh, returning home to the land down under to take on Asuka and Naomi, the lady from uh, the land of the rising sun, and Naomi, the land f- uh, from the land of the sunshine. From, from the land of the Orlando suns. <laughs> no, 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 that's not right at all. From the sunshine state there we go. of Florida, Asuka and Naomi.
0: Um... <laughs> The the number one thing of this match was... The Orlando Suns, the the newspaper in Orlando. That's where that came from. Is it? Yes, that's where that came from. Or is it the Sentinel? I'm not crazy. I think it's the Sentinel. There's also one called the Sun?
1: Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Can I please be right? You might be. Um, The best part of this match had nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever. (laughs) To me, I think that when Peyton Royce and Billy Kay stopped and did their little superhero pose... Yeah, that was fun, ...and both yelled,
0: iconic... Uh, that that was the best part of the match. That was that was really good. Uh, between that and Renee on commentary, talking about their uh, the Iconics ring gear and saying that it, of course, it was designed after the American, the Australian flag. <laughs> <laughs> she totally stops and she finishes her statement realizing that she said the wrong country.
1: Yeah, yeah. And she also referred to Billy Kay as Billy J. I believe
0: she did say Billy J at one point, yes.
1: But I really liked I I mentioned to you that it seemed like uh, Tomax and Zaymot from G. I. Joe <laughs> is is what I got from Billy Kay and Peyton Royce in this match. Right. I just can't get enough of the iconic side. There's
0: the twins, by the way, from G. I. Joe. You G. I. Joe fans. Might only know them so well as to say, oh, the twins. I didn't know their names either, so when Darren said that to me, I was just like, what the fuck are you talking
1: about? I think they need to hurry up with these women's tag belts that they're teasing because I need to see... The Iconics yeah, now, now as you have, your
0: tag champs. Well, that, now you have 6,000 women on your roster. You can actually make quite a few tag teams. You know, I hear the rumor... Well, there, there are ta- there There exists tag team championship belts from WWF days, you may recall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they exist. You could just bring them back because they do already exist. They had them back when they had, like, three women on the roster. Yeah, that's
1: right. Here, you're the only... The only- Exactly. We have a women's champion, we have the women's tag champions, and everybody else is a local talent jobber. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we filled out the roster with enhancement talent, hopefully. <laughs> or you <laughs> just don't wrestle. Right. Uh, the Iconics, though, are, are, are really, really good to me. I'm excited by them. But what I was going to say was the rumor is that Trish Stratus and Lita are actually sticking around after evolution oh, I don't
0: know about that.
1: that they're like coming out of retirement for like they might be they might end up being your first uh wwe women's tag team champions or this iteration i
0: hope them. so because they need more accolades when it comes to women's wrestling they, they, they need more firsts thank god for them well, they're going to have them,
1: probably, um, but I'd like to see it. Trish Stratus and Lita back, uh, like, you know. You don't like Trish Stratus or Lita, Darren. I love Lita.
0: Oh, my goodness. You are wrong oh about that. Oh, my goodness. I have always liked Miss Geniality, dear listeners, you know very well that Darren is not a huge fan I have of always Stratus
1: or Lita. I'm not a huge fan of Trish Stratus. I am and have always been a huge fan of Lita. Okay. I am and okay. I have always been. The hashtag always. your
0: listeners know.
1: They do. And they know that I'm right and that you're wrong.
0: Okay.
1: The Iconics win this match, which that's the biggest surprise of the night.
0: Huge surprise getting the pin on Naomi, former uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. And uh, I guess I'm just glad Asuka didn't get uh, the pin on this one. But you kind of figured that the, the, the Aussies would go over and Australia, yes. And it won't be the last Australian to go over on this night, but we'll get to that soon. Next up, uh, here, we're, this isn't even the
1: middle of the show. This is still the start <laughs> of the show, right where your WWE Championship match belongs. Hey,
0: it's still the pre-show. Let's put them on. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, Joe versus AJ Styles, who is, believe it or not, if you may remember, your WWE uh, Champion and has been for over 300 days and they keep talking about this whole this whole spree and this whole you know championship run, though he has never headlined a fucking pay per view. He's always in the middle of the card. And uh, Brock Lesnar held the title even longer than AJ Styles did, but they never mentioned how long his spree was because they did, they didn't want you to remember how long Brock Lesnar was champion for because you'd be upset if you thought about it. Here, AJ is making the towns, (laughs) on the road with the company, wearing the belt with pride, putting on phenomenal matches time and time again, and where are his accolades? He just gets a little, he he gets a little footnote, a little, oh, so many days as champion, which Michael Cole puts with everyone now, everyone's the first something, the second person to do this, the 20th person to do that, so it doesn't mean anything anymore. AJ Styles is becoming the Morgan Freeman of wrestling. I don't know what that means. He's the guy that you put in because you, it's just understood that he's going to do a really good job because he's Morgan Freeman. Are they doing that with so Morgan Freeman he's so anymore? Cons- well, he still does a good job, though. No, 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 he does! That's my point, exactly. Morgan Freeman comes in and just does his good job, and you don't even think about it because he just did his good job. His really good is just standard now, is what I'm saying. So you can't appreciate him anymore. And and that's my point, exactly, what you just fell for. Uh, You you went, does he anymore? Yes, he does. It's just that you're so used to him doing a good job, you don't realize he's still doing a consistent good job. No, I just didn't realize
1: he was still in movies.
0: Well, no, he's just in those movies where it's like, these old guys are acting like young guys. (laughs) That's true.
1: That's true. (laughs) That's true. Oh, oh, you know what that makes me think of? There's a there's a new series like that on TV and uh David Allen Freeman. No, no. No. In fact, it's David Allen Greer ah. in like the Morgan Freeman role and I'm like, David Allen Greer's not that old. Don't do that to me. Don't make me think David Allen Greer is an old man. He's pretty old though. He's not Morgan Friedman old, but he's pretty old. He's not he, there's no way David Allen Greer is even sixty, is he? He's sixty at the
0: very oldest. I'm mid to late fifties at least. Okay, that's not an old man. They he's like living in a nursing home on the show. They probably put some makeup on. No, them. they
1: haven't! That's the thing! He's sitting there around a table. Martin Mull is another is the Oh my
0: god, <laughs> I've not heard that name in a very long time.
1: Martin Mull is sitting there and it's like, okay, Martin Mull, yeah, he's he's old. But David Allen Greer is not Martin Mull old. Like Martin Mull's doing stand up in like the early 70s, mid 70s. David Allen Greer's doing stand up like at least 10 to 15
0: years later. Uh Are David, you looking up David Allen Greer? I, I am right now. David Allen Greer was born in nineteen fifty six. Okay, so he's sixty two? Yeah, so he's in his sixties. Is that old enough for you It's Darren? not old
1: enough to be playing a man in a nursing home? <laughs> it is not. That's what you cast Morgan Freeman for. Oh my
0: god. He's not gonna Morgan Freeman's not gonna do television. What are you talking about? Well, I don't know, you just said that you would get plug him in anywhere. Yeah, but he's still he's still a movie star. He's not gonna do T V shows.
1: David Allen Greer's not a movie star.
0: Darren, okay, don't answer that. I, I think you know the answer. <laughs> don't that. answer that. And and God bless uh David Allen Greer. I've always loved David Allen Greer. <laughs> no, you haven't? No, no, absolutely oh, i fucking I've always loved David Allen Greer. Oh no, I, oh think, my God. I think
1: Hashtag dear listeners this is over. This podcast is over. Hashtag our dear listeners know the truth. You have always hated Trish Stratus and David Allen Greer. <laughs>
0: Uh, David O'Greer is wonderful. I was always happy to see him pop up in things randomly. I was always happy that he was still getting acting work. Okay. I, was, I was a big fan of Living Color back okay. in the day. Mm-hmm. A kid. Where are you going with Which, this? By the way, that comedy does not hold up at all nowadays if you watch Living Color now. Oh no, does it not? Does Oh god, no. Does that really hold up at all? He popped up at Jumanji and was like, hey, David is working And Blank Man. I was like, hey, David is working. That's Wait, funny. the original Jumanji? The original Jumanji. Okay. David Allen Greer's in that? He's, he's, he's the police officer in the original Jumanji. I've never seen Jumanji. I've never seen any Jumanji. Wow. Darren, you hate Lita. You hate Trish. You hate David Allen Greer. You hate David Allen Coe. You hate any... No, Eddie, Eddie, I Eddie love, da- oh, I love is, David Allen Coe folks, now. Is, folks.
1: I probably shouldn't admit that, but I actually do love David Allen Coe. I also love Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Wait, David Allen Coe and Edgar Allan Poe and David Allen Greer, American Treasures. Oh, Lord. National
0: Treasures. And all very different ends of the spectrum. And none of them starred in National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> there was a documentary about those three men.
1: <laughs> Who would Nicolas Cage play? David Alan Greer? He plays David Alan
0: Morgan Freeman plays David, David Alan, Alan Co- Co- <laughs> Because you know he's just going to go in and do a good job. Is my point. So, anyway... Uh, AJ Styles takes on Samoa Joe. But what were we
1: going to say about David Allen Greer? He's great. Yeah, well, okay. But not Tommy Davidson. <laughs> no, never was a Tommy Davidson fan. Sorry, folks. Never was. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, for this to be like the 10th time we've been force-fed this match, this is a good one. I like this match.
0: It's good. It's it's good. It's well paced. They beat the hell out of one another. They really do. And you you see the anger, uh, you know, in, in AJ trying to, to get the win over on uh, Samoa Joe. This is a good story. They're telling the story right. It is. It's just a shame that it's it's mid card and it's the fucking WWE title. And I, I don't want to harp on that because I always seem to. So I don't I don't want to get into it. But it, it's it's. But still, let's get into it. <laughs> it's so unfortunate um, for for AJ and and for Samoa Joe. And, and that's the thing, too, is Samoa Joe, it, it seems like he's not going to get that championship belt. And if you keep rolling Samoa Joe out there um, and having him fail time and time again, he's no longer a credible threat. And exactly. I think WWE is going to be like, well, we kind of used you up. Like Rusev. They're tarnishing him. They're literally tarnishing him. Right. They're rubbing off the luster. Yeah, and they got to stop doing that because Samoa Joe is athletic, he's got size, and he can talk So, you need to give him something. Give him the belt. You know what the something is? The belt. He could have had the belt this entire time. That goes back to Nakamura and AJ, where there's no reason why Shinsuke couldn't have won the belt at WrestleMania, and they feuded for a few months, and then AJ got the belt back. It just means so much more. Also, AJ, I love you, man. You're a boring champion. Boring champion. I don't know at if it's his fault, though. At this I don't point, know if it's his fault. Darren, at this point, when you have a roster full of 1,000 wrestlers, no one should hold that belt more than a few months at this point. Ooh, when, you, now, when you have multiple champions who have held the belt for over 300 days, no. No. dude, and don't get me started on that six-man tag that involved the tag team titles the Universal Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. Well, I'm, I won't get
1: you started on it now, oh. but before the before this podcast is over, well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Damn it. I am still on board for the long title run. I've never, ever, ever been a fan of the short title run.
0: Not on people who don't need the title. You think Brock Lesnar needs to hold the title for a, for a, not a, set for for not a year? Not Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying AJ every... needs to hold the belt for a year? Yeah. It's just also his second time having it. Like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. I, I think he should and lose it. now it's it. mid-card, so what the I fuck does it he, mean well, now?
1: I think he should lose it now. Right. I think he should have lost it on this night. This was the perfect night for Joe to go out there and actually surprise people by going, Wait, what? Now? 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 Right. This would have been the time. Because in Boy Who Cried Wolf style, if they do it next time, it's too late. Go, go I'll go go all the way back several years to Roman reigns not winning the Royal Rumble he should have won and then instead winning the next year when no one wanted it that's what's gonna happen with Samoa Joe by the time if they ever do put the belt on him then it's gonna be too late
0: well.
1: but I you know what I don't even think we're going to get that. As much as I hate it, I think you're right is that they're just going to tarnish Joe until he's another Rusev.
0: He's already pretty tarnished at this point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's as good as Rusev.
1: But this, this match is good. They're both bleeding. We get that really gnarly sideways electric chair, which I don't uh, think was supposed to be that. Yeah. Uh, AJ drops Samoa Joe on the table and Joe's selling the knee injury when in reality it should be AJ's ribs that everybody's <laughs> concerned about.
0: broke a rib while doing that
1: yeah. Uh, there's a suplex that you pointed out where Joe almost drops AJ on his head.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then
1: to keep from dropping him on his head, he almost wrenches his neck yeah, loose. He had
0: to. He had to to rotate AJ in such a way and prevent him from landing on his head that it looked like it totally just wrenched his neck horribly. So but I'm AJ, like, either w- way, it's gonna hurt, brother. <laughs> AJ <laughs> will win the match. Does. Um, he struggles to get that calf crusher oh on. Oh my god! He can almost not quite get uh, Joe's uh, thick ass leg, His but he finally leg.
1: does. He finally does. He gets him in there, and Joe surprisingly, or surprisingly to me, uh, Joe taps out.
0: Yeah, Samo-
1: Samoa Samoa Joe. Joe
0: should never tap out. By the way, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Next, a submission specialist should never tap out to someone else's move. I don't like it.
1: I agree. I couldn't agree more. Next up, we have a six-woman tag match. The Bella Twins, who are just back and in full force. It's it's weird. It's especially weird that Brie's back. Yeah. And uh, Brie and Nikki, the Bella Twins are back, and they're at Ronda Rousey's side. Um, uh, of course, dear listeners, if you've been watching along and along, you know that it no longer matters now because they are already... Not together But on this night in Melbourne, Australia The Bella Twins are with Ronda Rousey To take on the Riot Squad The uh, three woman supergroup That is Ruby Riot Liv Morgan
0: and Sarah Logan All three people we've seen in a, <laughs> a Leaky tent in Ocala the gymnasium oh, I, I,
1: think, uh, I think I got to utter my uh, <laughs> I think I got to utter my Four favorite words In indie wrestling to you While we were watching the show Curia on the drag Oh, yes, 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 Um, yes. yes. I got to mention how uh, it was not quite two years ago which we saw Fest Wrestling champion Heidi Lovelace performing at Curia on the drag at Fest Wrestling Pickle in the Tree. And now we're watching her in front of 70,000 people in Australia. Look what Uh, can happen, folks. Look what can happen. Really, this, this show is a testament to it. So the Bellas are not tagging in Ronda. I can only assume that this was foreshadowing for what was to come the following night. But uh, they're, it's it's kind of weird. They're keeping Ronda on the outside. And not in a circumstantial building up to a hot tag kind of way. But but in a why aren't they tagging her kind of way.
0: Yeah. It just seemed kind of like, yeah, let the Bellas handle this one. And God's. The, the the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey against the Riot Squad. Like, that's that's total exhibition right there. It really was.
1: Uh, I was surprised, we were both surprised, to see Brie and Liv in the ring together. Uh, we thought maybe after Brie gave the concussion to Liv Morgan, they might want to keep the two of them apart. Right. Uh, maybe, they may, maybe they're may maybe they all super nicey-nice, huggy-hug, kissy-kiss, and all is well backstage, and therefore it's, it's a non-issue.
0: But uh, I don't know. It seems a, It seems like a little odd to me. Well, it's even brought up in commentary that like Michael Cole says, like like Liv mentioned that she has something special planned for Brie Bella, or something like that. It's it's like oh ha ha ha! It's all wrestling. It's all fake, right? It's like yeah, sure. <laughs> Bree Br- Brie, Brie Bella gives Ronda Rousey a concussion, and we'll see if it's all fake. It's all pretend. It's all good. Yeah, really. I don't think so.
1: You know, Sarah Logan looked like a million bucks in this match. She did. She looked really excellent, really in control. No matter who she was fighting, she looked to be like the the ringmaster. She looked to be in complete control, like head on a swivel. Her moves looked snug. They looked quick. Uh, She put on a clinic. Uh, Sarah Logan... Very, very
0: impressive to me in this match. Right. Also, great showing from Ruby Riot as always. Uh, always, always very happy to see her in the ring and wrestling. And uh, unfortunately, it was not the Riot Squad's night uh, where uh, finally Ronda Rousey did get that tag. Oh, and did she? she put a, uh, she put an armbar submission on both uh, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan uh, simultaneously which, that was a really cool image, by the way. Not only that happening, but also both of them tapping at the same time yeah. on her. Uh, that looked really, really cool. Um, so there was a really nice ending to it. And Rod Rousey looks very crisp in the ring. And her her throws are very unique. Because there is the wrestling training there, but it's a lot of the MMA training as well. So it's like it's like Kyle O'Reilly. It's like watching him wrestle. Like you Yeah, can see, like, good, good. You, you can see all the wrestling influence, obviously. And obviously he's trained to be a wrestler, but... There's so much MMA influence in his style that it's, it makes it, it makes it pop. It makes it unique. It makes it look like you haven't seen it before. So and, and it's very much appreciated to shake things up.
1: You know, and it does. And Ronda herself being this good this quickly itself shakes things up. I hate that we've almost been conditioned to expect somebody like a Ronda Rousey to not be good. And I think that because she is good, we think she's even better than she is. Right. And that's not to say she's not good, but she's just,
0: she hasn't let me down at any point. No, no, and, and she's fighting an uphill battle um, because it's it's someone that they handpicked to be champion. It's, you know, it's it's she's going to be champion and you're going to love her. So you, you automatically want to rebel against that and be like, no, you don't tell me WWE, but she she's is making good. It, yeah, she's making she, it very hard to do that. She is good at what she does, so you you can't be against her. I mean, you, just, you just can't. So. Next up, the Cruiserweight Championship on the line. Your
1: champion Cedric Alexander, looking like a cross between Captain Marvel and Spider-Man,
0: taking on <laughs> the best-kept secret... Buddy Murphy, and that best kept secret may or may not be that he weighs more than two oh five.
1: You know, when this match starts, it looks like it's going to be a squash match, and that the oh my god, yeah, the, the yeah. native Australian Buddy Murphy is is the only one doing anything.
0: He's destroying Cedric Alexander, and and I felt bad for Cedric Alexander for the first five minutes of the match because it was like Cedric Alexander looks like shit. <laughs> Like what are you doing? Like he can't be the heel, the aggressor, and and the Aust- and the Australian folk hero that he is. All and of the, a the time. winner, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, I mean, it is a really good match, especially once Cedric finally gets his footing and gets involved in the match. But now there there's some really great spots in this match. It, it's I don't want to say a typical cruiserweight match because that's 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 not fair. That, that's not enough. It is just a very very good wrestling match.
1: Well, you know what it is, is the 205 Live guys, they give us that indie wrestling on WWE programming.
0: They're all a bunch of Morgan Freemans I that used you just to, expect to do a good
1: job. I used to say that about NXT, but NXT, not that it's been watered down, not that it's underperforming, but there's enough true heavyweights on there these days where it's not indie wrestling with high production value. 205 Live kind of is, though. Because indie wrestling is comprised so heavily of light heavyweights, or, or junior heavyweights, or whatever, uh, cruiserweights, uh, that when you watch 205 Live, that's who you're seeing. You're seeing true blue indie darlings of the last five to ten years you know, I mean, people were AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, they may have found themselves in this category once upon a time. Right. They're not there now because they've been on top of the mountain for so long. But on 205 Live, we're seeing those guys from the last five or 10 years who do the ridiculous flips and dives and death defying maneuvers that you don't regularly see on Raw or SmackDown. And so when you see them on a show like Super Showdown,
0: it's like, Oh wow, it's kind of exhilarating. It also breaks up the monotony of a typical WWE match, which it... I've said a thousand times before on the show, that's why the cruiserweight segments were always successful on Nitro, because it was something different for there the, you rest go. Of the show. When you pull that off of Raw, it's no longer there for the variety. When you make a show that's all that that works the opposite way, there's no variety anymore because everyone's having that caliber match. And that's probably the best compliment I can give the cruiserweights, is they have been consistent. From the CWC, it has been that good every single time they go out there to wrestle. It's the, like, we talk about any cruiserweight match, and it's like, oh, it's great, because they're, they're fucking great. Like, I mean, it's, it's right. that every time. Like, the consistent, good cruiserweight wrestling that you'd expect, and you get it 95% of the time, unless Enzo's involved. <laughs> Only because he, he doesn't wrestle like that, and well, now he's no longer there. But anyway...
1: Well, yeah, and on the, and I don't know if it's because they're in front of 70,000 people. I think not, because, like, to your point, this could have just been an episode of 205 Live. But when we see Cedric Alexander hit a Michinoku driver on Buddy Murphy off the top rope, yeah, painful. I mean, that is incredible. And they showed it in actual slow motion, not slow motion and then fast motion. Right, right, right. It was right. actual slow motion. Not like a cold one. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's going to do plenty of that later. But uh, he he does. He spares us for this match. The the impact where Michael Cole should have been doing that. uh, Man, it looked like Buddy Murphy was just destroyed. (laughs) Nevertheless, um, he does. He kicks out of that. He kicks out of a standing Spanish fly uh, and lumbar check. Lumbar check. One and then two. Boom, boom. Uh, Buddy Murphy is uh, coming out uh, on top. 'Cause he hits his weird move for the win
0: and for the championship. And also, I mean, this is the only time you'll ever see Buddy Murphy on a WWE pay-per-view show and not see his girlfriend Alexa Bliss on the pay-per-view show as well. Wow, yeah. No Alexa Bliss on this card at all. Weird. So what is that move? What is that move? Uh, pump handle into a Samoan drop release suplex? deal. It's cool. That one was not on No Mercy, Darren, so (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't even have, like, a weird
1: inappropriate Japanese name, either. Corkscrew Pump Handle Samoan Drop. It also happens so fast your brain can't even process right. the like partial
0: moves that are uh, like built into it. Yeah, because it's like okay, pump handle, uh, then, <laughs> and then it's, it's like it's like it's like trying to show someone how to do something very difficult. And you go just do this and do this, like is what is what exactly what that move was. Yeah, it's like trying to teach somebody how to do a card trick. Exactly. Yeah, it's like. Teach someone how to play guitar. Just put yourself here, then just is what. Put happened.
1: your fingers here, and then play the song. Right,
0: and then Beethoven's Fifth Symphony on guitar. On guitar. So, Buddy Murphy, well done. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he's got a belt that's going to elevate him. That's great, uh, Alexander. I thought uh, I think and thought was a good wrestler, a good champion. So, uh, but it's cool. It's cool to move the belt around a little bit. <laughs> uh. Yes, it is. I'm just saying... It's that always nice to elevate uh, new people with the, the belt because it helps a lot.
1: That's yeah. all. <sighs> okay. Thank you. It does. <laughs> well, here's the match. If you want to keep beating that dead horse, here's the match you can do that it. That horse is
0: alive and well, there The Shield. Oh, God. Next right. up,
1: we have The Shield taking on Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and Dolph Ziggler. Now, I said at the beginning of this match... How much I loved the look of Strowman, McIntyre, and Ziggler together, and you disagree.
0: No, no, I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with the aesthetics of seeing the three of them together. Because Fair enough. Because they're three guys, and there's no weak link. You know, obviously Dolph Ziggler is smaller, but he does have ability, he has talent, he can wrestle, of course. But it's like a Survivor Series team, you know, which is typically four, four or five people for every three. You know, for every Hulk Hogan macho man, and like... <laughs> Ricky Steve boat there's a Dino Bravo you know what I mean <laughs> so there's there's always Aww. that Dino Bravo of the team Canada's strongest man uh, 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 RIP Dino Bravo um but don't laugh at that uh <laughs>
1: That's dead. That's going back.
0: That that I, that's that's effed up.
1: That's right. one thing we left off of the 100th episode celebration. How there was a long string of episodes where, where we, we talked Gino about Bravo's Dino Bravo's
0: demise execution. Jesus Christ, um, that's all horrible, by the way. It is. Um, so, um, so yeah. So, so no. Aesthetically, it looks good because it's like no, these three people uh, they all look good together. But the thing is, uh, you, WWE, you taught me. That Braun Strowman doesn't give a fuck about anyone else doesn't work well with others unless there's a nine year old from the audience <laughs> he becomes tag team champion with. Um, so you don't do that. You don't put Braun Strowman with other people. Also, that that you're you're showing us your hand that you have nothing for Braun Strowman right now because um, he's piling around with um, Ziggler and um, McIntyre. Uh, also, McIntyre is almost the same height as Braun Strowman, so you're diminishing Strowman. Uh, by having him next to a guy who is is about who is on par with uh, Braun Strowman, so I don't like that either. But you know what I do like? like? How amazing McIntyre looks though. Oh, he looks great. I I haven't said it. <laughs> like, I think McIntyre and Reigns need to do a program together for a while. Uh, that would be good. That would be good. Um, but also the big thing with this match is, like I mentioned briefly earlier, your tag belts are involved because they're on McIntyre and Ziggler. Universal Championship is involved because it's on Reigns. IC Championship is involved because it's on Rollins. And it's just like, oh my god. But none of it's on the line. None of it is on the line. At all. Or really even mentioned. Right, exactly. Um, and that's another fucked up thing. Well, exactly.
1: If this were 1989 and this scenario were occurring and Hulk Hogan was in this match as the WWF champion, right. they'd be mentioning that he was the WWF champion every 30 seconds. Right. And...
0: Whereas they they, they do not reference these titles in this match. Not really. And this whole match is kind of not great either. Because, I mean, 80% of it is literally them beating up on Seth Rollins. It is. And if you're a Dean Ambrose fan, guess what? You don't see him do anything. If you're you're a Roman Reigns fan, which I can't imagine you are, (laughs) uh, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Uh, not if you're listening to this well, program. Well, guess what? You don't see him do anything because you literally watch Strowman and McIntyre and Ziggler beat up on Rollins. And Rollins get like zero offense in the entire time. It's, it's like watching uh, Lashley and Cena versus Elias and, and Owens. Same exact thing. You don't really even see wrestling. You just see Elias and Owens beat up on Lashley until Cena comes in and and, uh, and basically does the Hulk Hogan thing where he just cleans house and let you know leg drop and you're done. So it's literally the three of them beating up on um, Rollins, and eventually Rollins does get to the corner, and you, you get to see Roman Reigns kind of do some spots, and Ambrose do his spots, and then it's kind of weird, and the match doesn't really make any sense anymore once it goes on the outside, and, and shit goes down, and uh, yeah, uh, it ends though with the shield going over on, um, on the, the three, uh, Strowman, McIntyre, and Ziggler.
1: Yeah, and that's gonna that's that's really gonna do it. Uh, this uh, the shield looks pretty good. I, I still think that they should just the whole reunion. They should have re- retained their individual looks and just bend the shield. Right, that's what I like. That's what passes the eyeball test with me about Stroman, Ziegler and McIntyre. They're their own entities, but they have a loose affiliation. You know what I mean? It's not the original S.H.I.E.L.D., it's not the N.W.O., it's not the Four Horsemen. It's like the Heenan family. right? But, but or, it's Raines, like, or like Jimmy Hart's stable. No, something. no,
0: I, I totally get that. No, but, like, Reigns basically looks like that anyway. You know, Rollins it is, going back to the old Rollins look, and now Ambrose shaved his head and, and looks totally different. It's It literally is him just conforming to the way the S.H.I.E.L.D. looked. But Ambrose is not going to be involved in the nope. S.H.I.E.L.D. for long. Apparently they're teasing uh, Ambrose possibly leaving the shield, even though Roman Reigns was nice enough to, to, to tackle Braun Strowman before the Strowman Express ran over Ambrose on this night. Um, but for some reason, Ambrose just ain't happy with the shield, so we'll see where that goes. But th- this match is kind of a clusterfuck to me, and nothing really gets resolved, and no belts are on the line, so it literally was just... Your word for the day, exhibition. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, here's something
1: that would probably uh, make you really happy. Uh, <laughs> as facetiously as I could possibly but it say that. David
0: Allen Greer. <laughs> uh,
1: Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. I, I'm on board. I'm happy so far. This match is to determine the number one contender to the winner of the AJ Styles Samoa Joe match. Yeah. Earlier in the night. Mm -hmm. So the number one contender's match is after. (laughs) It's more exciting
0: to know who might be champion than who is champion.
1: Uh, Well, other than the odd placement on the card, I'm still so happy to see Daniel Bryan back. I still like The Miz, and I still love them fighting each other. Uh, This is a fight forever situation for me. I, Did you say fight
0: forever? This match was three minutes long, dude. No,
1: no. The feud, the feud. No, I know
0: that, but you said fight forever, and I have to comment on how short this match was. Please, go ahead. That's it. That, match, why, that's all there is to say. This match was absurdly short, and if I were in attendance, and I was looking forward to this whole match, and I was a huge Daniel Bryan fan or Miz fan or whatever, uh, I'd be like, what the fuck was that? I'd be furious.
1: Oh, I if I, if I were in Australia and that's what I got, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, because, I mean... Well, honestly, I kind of felt that way in South Georgia, sitting there watching it on my television, because I wanted to see Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Other than we get Kinesio taped up ribs on Daniel Bryan, do we know what the reasoning behind this was? Or was it just for for Bryan to be able to get a little bit of uh, leverage on Miz to just
0: really piss off Miz? I guess. So. Is there more
1: to the story? Like I mean, what? he's now
0: number one contender to the to AJ Styles belt, so that means he automatically moves away from the Miz. And this is going to be an AJ and 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 Daniel Bryan program, which means Samoa Joe is now done. He's going to do something else. And the Miz moving on, are we giving this feud a break because they realize they've already seen it four times and we're nowhere near WrestleMania right now? So I mean, I wonder what the thinking is. But am I supposed to be excited about AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan? Because they already gave us that match. That was the first match that O'Brien had when he came back. it was on fucking SmackDown. Right. They wasted it. They squandered it immediately. Yeah. I was like, wow. This is like pay-per-view main event. If you gave a shit about the title AJ Styles actually holds, oh, sure. you, you gave it away for free on television. What are you doing? Yeah. Who made that call? Uh, Tyson Kidd?
1: If you believe Total Divas, then, then TJ or Tyson Kidd is calling all the shots... Backstage, he's not very good at it. He's not very good at it. Yeah, um, but you'll—he uh, doesn't need to be in charge if he is. Yeah. Daniel Bryan goes over. Uh, he's now the number one contender. Will this turn into? I wouldn't mind seeing like uh, AJ and, and and Bryan versus the Miz and Joe. Like have the Miz and Joe come and screw up the the world title match. Not even not even as
0: a united front, but. Each of them attacking the, the person they hate. Well, speaking of United Fronts, folks, it's about time to make up quite a few United Fronts because we are rapidly approaching Survivor Series. Well, there you go. And that's Gang Warfare, baby, and I love Survivor Series. It's the only time I truly enjoy the fact that they are competing, quotations, brands, Raw, SmackDown Live, because I love the gang mentality. So why I love New Japan so much. Because everyone's at a fucking faction. That's true. Everyone is. Love it. That leaves us with only the main event. We have a
1: blast from the past. Oh my god. And goodness. That's, that's that's really what this is. Right. Triple H versus The Undertaker. Triple H with the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels at his side. The Undertaker with his brother. The mayor of Knox County. The mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, <laughs> Kane. Also Hell's favorite demon, right? Or the devil's favorite demon? The devil's favorite mayor. <laughs> the devil's favorite mayor uh is uh which is not john very Mayer. specific it's not
0: john mayor john mayor is not anyone's favorite anything
1: um not in this decade no
0: this time was coming kind of gone
1: uh triple h versus the undertaker we thought uh this was Ancient history. It, it at this point it kind of is.
0: It's ancient history, but it's just replaying itself for the
1: Australians. Well, they six years ago they fought in an end of an era match. Literally, it was called the end of an era match, Right. and uh, that lasted. Uh, well, it lasted six years. It lasted as long as uh, Roddy Piper's retirement at WrestleMania three.
0: Yeah. And, it's, and what I love about this match is, I think Michael Cole con- like consistently says like You'll never see this again, folks. Never see it again. You would if if not for all the Saudi Arabia stuff. You would exactly see this again uh, when Triple H and Shawn Michaels team up against Taker and Kane at the Saudi Arabia show Crown Jewel, which is which probably we're pretty sure is not going to happen at this point
1: and shouldn't. Like we covered and earlier. also should
0: not. But it's like you idiots, you will see them at a ring together. Very shortly,
1: Michael Cole. Yeah, Uh, yeah, none of that kind of talk is ever, ever believable in wrestling. It really isn't anymore. You never say never in wrestling. I will say that for sure. Uh, This match, you know, it's not bad. I thought Triple H was playing a very very un-Triple H character at the beginning. Uh, He was playing way too, like, way too cartoony
0: it's it's hard right to, it's hard to really nail down what triple h is anymore because he is the guy it's like stephanie stephanie so come out here and just tear a wrestler down and make everyone hate her but then she comes out and here's this you know dying child that we helped and it's like i was i booed you earlier do i cheer you now this is real but this is you presented that other things real too so that's real but it's not real like it's it's very odd you know, you, you can't be the heel and then the face of all these charities too at the same time.
1: Right, you know what? And chooses us. Yeah, I don't like that he's the COO and then he's also going to be like DX. Right. And then yeah, not really. to mention <laughs> break all the rules
0: that I made up.
1: Dude. break a damn thing. Exactly. Right, right, now, right. how stupid is it going to look on the 1000th episode of Smackdown with the rumored evolution? Reunion. Oh, not the goodness. not the evolution yeah, pay per view. Yeah, they should have thought that name through a little bit better. But yeah, exactly. Just
0: calling the new women's pay per view NWO. Right. Yeah, really. oh, that actually existed, yes. The, no uh, way out.
1: But with evolution, not the pay per view of the group. Okay. Reuniting apparently on the SmackDown one thousand.
0: Uh, <laughs> sounds like a robot. SmackDown one thousand. The SmackDown Ro the SmackDown one thousand. <laughs> If uh, so,
1: now we've got Triple H, literally within like ten or twelve days, being the COO in his business suit. Then he's gonna be in the coup DX, and now he's gonna be in the Evolution.
0: Like what? Yeah, he's he's got too many hats. Is the thing you got too many hats, dude? Triple H uh, had to be so self-important that he got involved in all these these things, and it didn't really work. See, I, I was never really a big Triple H fan. I, I appreciate what he's done with NXT, and I always will, and I appreciate that he, I guess, sees wrestling for what it is or what it's become nowadays, and he knows that WWE has to kind of adapt to that, has to evolve to that. Um, so I appreciate that, but I've, as a wrestler, I've never really cared. I, I always thought, you know, he basically got to where he is because he... Literally is sleeping with Stephanie McMahon and married Stephanie McMahon. Um, so whenever it's like he's elevated to some like legendary status, it's like he, Michael Cole mentioned he was a fourteen time champion. It was like oh god, he had the belt fourteen times. It's who gives a fuck anymore? You know H- Hogan held the belt what seven or eight times? Did he? Did it, he? I, were, he had it seven times before he came back to WWE. I, I, I do I, I think he may have had a title run at some point when he came back. Okay. I think he was
1: a five or six-time WWF slash E champion. Seven. He was a seven-time WCW champion, I know for sure. Um, So, the one time he held the belt after O two 2 was the uh, Undisputed title. There you go, yeah. Which he defeated The Undertaker
0: well, let's not say exactly who he may have. Let's just say he was. He, de- he,
1: I think he either defeated the Undertaker and then lost it to Lesnar, or he defeated Lesnar and lost to Undertaker, something like that. Okay. But that big black undisputed title that they had for a little while, right? Um, Hogan held that, but I see your point.
0: Yeah. When if, you have if, so if many have, people, legends are like Taker. And Shawn Michaels. I do not put Triple H same categories though, guys. And I never will. You know who does? Triple H does? Yeah, he does. He does, yeah. He
1: does. His company does.
0: I understand he's he's kinda like what remains from like the old days, you know, and I respect that. And and that familiarity I think holds enough casual fans who have been watching it forever, like, oh Triple H man. I remember DX, man. You know what I mean? That and that's fine. But that's kind of it. There is that nostalgia factor for Triple H, but then I remember that I never really liked Triple H to begin with. So that's fair. But that's no. fair, and yeah, I and understand. My that. final point is just that I would never say the legend Triple H or the legendary Triple H. I that's... would never applaud Triple H at the end of the movie. You know, nothing, none of that. So that's all. well, you know, to each his own.
1: I have come around a little bit on Triple H. I know why you would feel that way. I have felt that way. I'm a little more forgiving because I see the contributions that he's made to NXT. I think that the future is bright once Vince McMahon fully steps aside. If Hunter is able to assert himself above
0: Stephanie. But that's the thing, though. Um, different hats. So corporate Triple H, I'm all for. Wrestler Triple H, I don't care for.
1: No, and that again, again, that's fair.
0: I'm just telling you, there's a difference. There is a difference. It,
1: I just don't like when... That difference is ignored and like the beginning of the show he can appear in this capacity... And later in the show, he can appear in this capacity, almost like he's two different people. Right. I don't like that. I don't I mean, like that. It's,
0: it's like Vince McMahon wrestling a match. Like he he runs the place. Like don't treat him like oh he's just a boy in the locker room. It's like no, he's not. He's not that. So the match is what you expect it to be. I mean, it's it's definitely not a match from 1998. It's not 1998 Triple H versus Undertaker. It's very much 2018 uh, Triple H Undertaker. Which they're older. I'll, we'll say that. We'll get that out of the way. They're obviously older. They're not going able to move like that um i'm that's not even
1: my complaint though my complaint is how much of the audience even cares
0: anymore oh they not, love it those are this is awesome chant before they even do anything they're just staring at each other and there's this, this is awesome chant and, if you know, I and would, that's would, the thing and that's the nostalgia factor that alone the match could be awful and let's face it it was awful <laughs> That's all they needed is for those guys to just be in the ring together. And that's enough for them to get their rocks off. And if I were in Melbourne,
1: it would have been enough for me, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, there's a lot of... And you know it, because when when Cena's out there, the only people in the crowd they put the camera on are little kids. Right. Those little kids don't care about The Undertaker? (laughs) Exactly. They don't. I mean, he... He is far more he is far more larger than life than maybe anybody else ever. But
0: they got Kane though. They like Kane.
1: But bringing the Undertaker out once or twice a year at this point for 10 years now, it's almost like bringing Bob Backlund in to beat Bret Hart in the 90s. No, no, I can
0: definitely see that. Or
1: like when they would bring superstar Billy Graham around in the late 80s and or like, early 90s. Or
0: like when indie promoters bring out Dory Funk Jr. to shows. It's it's like, what audience are you trying to capture here, guys? Exactly. No, 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 I get it's it. Like,
1: I, it's like, I get it. Right. I appreciate it. I know who
0: that is. I appreciate what he's done, of course. But, but who it's like, else in this building? These kids are going to go... Duty, fuck, Junior! No, in fact, fuck him up! Right.
1: Instead, they're gonna go. What? They're gonna go. Is that
0: Grandpa? Who
1: is that old man? Right. What
0: has happened? I made a duty. No. (laughs) They they may or may not say I made a duty, Darren. And I just. At what point does it go
1: from maybe this is a disaster to this is a disaster? (laughs) Maybe this is a
0: disaster.
1: Do you see my this point? De- no,
0: I, I've to agree with this.
1: When is it debatable? <laughs> we no, no, hold on. When is it debatable if The Undertaker is too old to be in there? And when does that change to it's not debatable, he's too old? Well,
0: that's the thing, because every year it's like, well, he's just a year older. Well, he's just a year older from last year. Well, he's just a year. To me, I mean, 33 shouldn't have even happened. WrestleMania 33, you know? It did happen. It was good enough. But that should have been it from The Undertaker. You should not have yes. seen him ever again. Great goodbye. You know, I hate that it was his last match with Roman Reigns, but that's that's where the World Wrestling Federation is now. World Wrestling Entertainment, whatever you want to call it, is now. Um, fine, I get it. You pass the torch, you move on. That's just business. It's great. Now he's back. It's like, oh, but these Saudis have got money. Come do a casket match with Rusev. Hey... Uh, <laughs> these, these Australians have got money come to a match with Triple H again and and the moment I realized that this was not Wrestlemania and Triple H has not beaten Taker at a Wrestlemania ever or I think even in a wrestling match ever is what they said uh, I was like uh, the minute I thought that I was like oh Triple H is going over because why would he not go over this isn't Wrestlemania there's no streak on the line anymore not that there is anymore but still a loss at Wrestlemania still hurts the Undertaker even going at a match with Roman Reigns in 33 but um, I knew the match would go the way it did. Triple H, with a little help from his friend Shawn Michaels, and that whole thing's weird. I feel like Shawn Michaels flew a long way to do very little. Yeah, Kane flew an equally long distance to do even less than <laughs> Shawn Michaels yes, did. He did. Uh, I don't really understand. I understand why you have them there because this is just an advertisement for the next their their, their tag match at Crown Jewel, which again, you know, that's up in the air. So I understand why they're all there. You need a little set pieces there to tell the story, continuation, whatever. But um, the match is kind of a cluster. It's not a great wrestling match. The the outside interference between Kane and Shawn Michaels is kind of a cluster. Shawn Michaels is acting really weird and like, oh, I, I, sure, can't, I sure can't hit the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like, and, and afraid of the Undertaker, but then aggressive at the same time. It just makes no sense. And it's weird, but it ends with Shawn Michaels hitting the Undertaker with that sweet chain music, which leads to Triple H uh, grabbing Taker and hitting him with that pedigree. And he does get the one, two, three after a few referees go down. Undertaker Undertaker tombstone pile drives Triple H. Triple H kicks out, and then Undertaker stands up and punches Mike Kyoto, the referee, in the face, <laughs> uh, putting him down, which I thought was just hilarious. <laughs> Why would he just punch my Kyoto? That's, that's that's really funny to me.
1: Well, I guess to foreshadow the fact that uh,
0: Undertaker and Kane are devilish in the end, right? I, I guess so. Because, even though Triple H does win, Triple H helps uh, Undertaker up off his feet. And uh, Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Undertaker all do a nice little you know curtain call bow to the audience. And, and thank you and all that stuff for the memories. But then... Because the story must continue on, there must be uh, there must be fuel to the fire, and a feud must continue on to justify the next match. Taker and Kane, of course, turn immediately on Triple H and Shawn Michaels and put them down, and they leave the Brothers of Destruction. Darren, that is your Super Showdown from Australia, um, and yeah, again. I- I like that ending, though. It I like The
1: Undertaker and Kane. I like The Brothers of Destruction. Because it
0: feeds that nostalgia in you. And wrestling is nostalgia. Wrestling it is, is history. Wrestling it is, is athleticism. Wrestling is so many things. So when some asshole asks you why you, you watch wrestling, you just flip them off, give him a Stone Cold Stunner, and, and fly away. And you and fly, away <laughs> and fly away and say, Hashtag
1: magic and demons, brother.
0: Hashtag magic and demons. So...
1: That is that. That is that. That is it for Super Showdown. And that is it for episode 102.
0: Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the Super Showdown, folks? Let us know. There's a lot of ways to let us know. Find us on Twitter at RefnShowPodcast. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to. The whole Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com Or,
1: find us on Instagram, we are The Whole Refn Show. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W, The Whole Refn Show
0: on Instagram. That's right, folks. Check us out on social media. And don't forget to catch us at The Fest on October 27th. In Gainesville, Florida, at the Hippodrome, we'll have some special guests to be announced. That's right,
1: it is The Fest 17, the world's largest punk rock festival, over 400 bands... And us! (laughs) Over 400 bands, over 70 wrestlers, over 25 stand-up comedians, and the largest, most beautiful, historic theater in downtown Gainesville to host live podcasts. And this year, we're on at the end of the night. We are no longer the openers.
0: We are there deep into the evening, and we hope to see you there. We would appreciate that, and we would certainly appreciate seeing you again. Not really seeing you, uh, knowing that you're hearing us, listening to us on the next episode Tune in for episode 103 next week, folks. Until then, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is the incredible badass that is Darren Beast. And we'll catch you next time on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin' show so long. Buh-bye!